My Indian name is Hunts with Truck. Packing bowls and freeing souls from America's heartland. You're listening to Bowl After Bowl with Lorian and Spencer. Lock on. Smoke on. Mwah. Make love. You gonna see that? They look so good. It's fucking embarrassing! Do not tell me you've come here looking for pot. I don't know. I haven't done a lot of different drugs. It is on, folks. It is on. It is on! I consider it an invasion. He's so good. It's right. One of the goodest, but not the bestest. Invading your eardrums on a Sunday night. It's a special time because it's a special episode, a special edition of Bowl After Bowl. This episode, number 156, is a Bowls with Buds. I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. I'm Dame DeLorean. And joining us in the bowl for the first time, it's Phoenix. Hello, it's Phoenix. Hey, oh, Phoenix, that's right. You know her, you love her. From the Lotus Podcast with Phoenix and Phone Boy. Welcome aboard. Welcome in the bowl. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Thanks for coming out. Well, you know, I never uh, miss an opportunity to come. That's right. Hey, oh. You just got to throw the warning sign. I'm going to come. Yeah, exactly. You know. So we can grab a towel or something. Oh, yeah. You're, you're going to need a fucking canoe if I start coming. <laughs> Oh, man. Awesome. Well, I feel like it's been a long time coming uh, to have yeah, you, you know, have in the bowl. it usually does take me a long time. No. <laughs> you kind of warm up to it. That's right. Well, you know, any good diesel engine, once you get it warmed up, it'll go for hours. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, for those joining us uh, for the first time, maybe, possibly, uh, Bull After Bull is a show we do every Tuesday night. At uh, 9 p.m. Central U.S. time, right after DH Unplugged on the No Agenda stream. And uh, on the Bowl After Bowl stream as well. And then we do Bowls with Buds, which are just sporadically scheduled, uh, sometimes last-minutely thrown together. Who really knows? Uh, But they're episodes that uh, we get to sit down with our bud in the bowl and kind of get to know them a little bit better and talk uh, to them kind of two-on-one, if you will. Sometimes two-on-two. I'm really being tag-teamed. I just want all of you listeners to know I've officially been tag-teamed by two of the sexiest podcasters in Podcasting 2.0. Hey, Spencer and Dame Lorian. Once it was reluctantly aroused, it was hard to get it aroused, and it is hard to get it aroused, but we got it aroused. That's right. We got it. Got it aroused. Yes. Well, thank you. And thank you, by the way, for... Uh, your generous contributions to the last bowl after bowl last Tuesday, episode one fifty five. It was uh, you were jamming value in every hole we have to receive it. It was fucking fantastic. Well, you know that's what we do. You know we we put it out, we get it back. It's circular, and uh, we keep the love flowing and going. There we have it. There we have it. Um. So I wanted to ask you. Sort I'm an open of, book. Well, I've got several questions to ask you. Let's say, but. <laughs> I wanted to start out as I. I don't get. think at, at at this point, Sir Spencer. If if you if anyone's listened to my show, they realize that uh, 
I put my dick on the table more times than a porn star in a restaurant scene. So, you know, ask away. There you have it. Well, uh, dicks out for Harambe. What I usually like to uh, get into with a fresh uh, bud, a green bud, a never-been-bold bud before, is sort of origin story stuff. And in this case, um, there's sort of some overlap, of course, an arc, a lot, I should say, of overlap between our bowlers and the No Agenda community at large. So yes. I want to start with uh, like how you came to know the No Agenda space and how you first found all of that noise. Yeah, so uh, I make no secret about the fact that uh, Sir, Reverend Cyberfucker, as I've come to call him now for reasons that I won't put out on the stream, Hoyo. personal joke betwixt. Well, I, actually, I will tell because, you know, yeah, it's, it's nothing I did, he did type thing. Uh, I just, I, uh, I asked him if he was going to um, listen when Phone Boy and I were just, you know, screwing around on the stream. And he was like, I would, but I'm fixing to do the bad thing. And I'm like, oh, well, then by all means, I would not expect you to, um, you know, forego a little bedroom action to, you know, listen to us be stupid on the stream. So uh, go get him, sir, cyberfucker. <laughs> and it just kind of stuck. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Sir Cybertrucker, um, or Sir Rev Cybertrucker, and I actually, uh, we met uh, in the real world, if you will, because he drives, I drive. And uh, we we used to hang out on a earlier, uh, no longer applicable app uh, called House Party. And that's where I met him. And we just hit it off. You know, we're both really sick and twisted, apparently, because, you know, to do this job, you have to be. And he hit me in the mouth, and I started listening. And uh, because we both have a shared love of uh, the green goodness, he was like, hey, you know, uh, you might like this podcast. So I uh, gave it a listen, and I was hooked from uh, the first time I put it in my ear holes. I just thought, holy crap, this is... Uh, the best way I know to spend a Tuesday night and it, you know, it definitely encompasses a whole lot of stuff that I enjoy, which is, uh, getting high and, uh, hanging out with people of like mindedness and just basically, you know, living life to its fullest. And, uh, that's what, um, that's one of the many things that, uh, the bowl provides for me the most out of life. It actually is very influential in several aspects of my life. Awesome. Well, that's cool to hear. Uh, so how much, like how big of a gap would he just like hit you in the mouth and pass uh, the bowl pretty much at the yeah, same he, time? He pretty much hit me in the mouth and said, Hey, uh, I didn't mean to hit you so he hard. Here's a bowl for the pain. Nice. <laughs> Very awesome. nice. Yeah. Well, that helps out. And, uh, what, I guess how long ago was that? I mean, it couldn't have been, uh, within the last year. Awesome. Probably. Very cool. Well, yeah, you've been a, uh. Regular fixture, not only in the chat, but also uh, in the voicemail line, which is always fun. And uh, always dropping us some poems. Well, <laughs> the the poetry kind of, it was supposed to be a one-off. Um, just, you know, kind of jacking it. Uh, trying to, you know, stir up some mischief between uh, myself and Phone Boy. And uh, yeah, it kind of caught fire. And now it's almost like... It, it's on my agenda to get done during the week is okay must leave voicemail and write poem you know tuesday night and then of course you know the the one for 
the Lotus podcast that uh, Phone Boy and I do together. So, you know, I've, I've got no less than two to three poems a week that have to be put out as well as, you know, trying to put together show content for our own gig and, um, you know, call you guys and participate in the bowl. That's awesome. So I, I, I find, um, just as sort of a, I don't know, I always hesitate to say like artist, but like artistic type or creative type, I suppose, like you kind of have to find that balance between making it like a tedious work thing, but also motivating yourself to do it regularly. Like you don't want to turn it into what feels like a job. Oh, it's completely not. But uh, if, it also, if that's... you have to stay regular or routine with it or else you just don't put stuff out. And uh, Yeah, I didn't mean to make it sound like it was laborious or no, anything. No, I don't um, think, I don't the, think the you did. The shit comes to me, like, literally, because all I do is drive, like, all day long. Sure. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll see something and, and you know, a, a line will pop into my head and I'll, you know, either put it on a on a voice recording or throw it on a piece of paper, depending on what I'm doing, and then I'll reference back to it. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, something phone boy says or something, you know, one of my other friends says just randomly, you know, throughout the day. And it will end up becoming, you know, the inspiration or the line, a line uh, in in the in the poetry. Gotcha. Yeah, that's what I was about to ask, but you pretty much answered it. It's kind of like you have to strike that balance. And how do you do that? Like, how do you keep it balanced? But, you know, just taking inspiration from your everyday uh drives in the open road um how, what what is the schedule like for you because i've met a, several truckers it's kind of funny in, in the podcasting world i think you'll run into like programmers and truckers are the top two professions that i just meet all the time either online or at meetups or um like i meet people from a lot of different backgrounds but that always seems to be like the two hot spots is programmers and truckers uh, they some you know truckers. It makes sense because you're on the road all the time, and uh, mm-hmm. you're going to crank out podcasts. You know, there's only so much terrestrial radio you can listen to. It's like <laughs> those playlists can keep going over and over, and there's so many damn commercials. Um, but what's like? There's so many different kind of schedules. Some truckers are regional. Some are local. Some are coast to coast truckers. Some do like uh like a tough month and then they take a little time off like what what do you generally do what's your kind of I'm actually regional um so usually uh the, the company I work for in um in Tennessee here um I leave out usually on a Sunday and I'm back on a Saturday and uh when we went live on Easter after no agenda I had you know not a whole lot of uh advance notice that Sir Bemrose wanted us to do that. So thankfully, my company was amazing about the fact when I said, look, I cannot take a load where I have to leave on Sunday because I've got, you know, they know I podcast. Thank Christ they don't listen because yeah, I'm fired. <laughs> right. But, um, well, okay, I, I do have a friend at work that listens because, <clears throat> you know, she knows I smoke because she does too. But, you know, that that's on the DL. But anyway, um, so yeah, I'm, that's... <laughs> That's why Saturday works so good because it's a day that I'm, you know, all but guaranteed to have off. Gotcha. So, but I mean, usually my schedule, you know, I I don't like, I, okay. So when I started trucking 13 years ago, I ran, um, team with my now ex and I was running like midnight to noon, which is hell on earth 
for for sleep. Like, thank God that yeah, you know, no doubt. If, if I'm tired, it doesn't matter if it's light, dark, you know, whatever. As long as I'm you know comfortable temperature wise, I can sleep. You know, I'm I'm one of those you know <clears throat> head hits the pillow, I'm out like a light. So that's you know movement has never bothered me. If anything, you know, movement adds to the you know the relaxation and ability to sleep. But I usually run. I'm usually getting off or off by the time the bull comes on at night. So I, I usually run a normal like six to six to eight schedule every day. Gotcha. Somewhere within those hours. Sometimes more, sometimes less. I mean, the the way it works is you have 14 hours from the time you start your clock, 11 of which you can spend driving. After the 14-hour mark, you can't drive anymore until you take 10 hours off. You can do anything other than driving for as long as you want, as long as before you start driving again, you take 10 hours off. That's how the rules work for driving. Wild. And is that like a federal regulation? or? It is a federal regulation, yep. There's an ass ton of federal regulations that uh, we are bound by that make absolutely no sense. I mean, you want to talk about a fucking clown world. Tell me how it is that a profession is governed by ass clowns that have never set foot in a fucking truck, barely probably have even seen one. Oh, yeah. Couldn't couldn't tell you, you know, a shift pattern on a on a 10-speed from, you know, from a fucking Schwinn, so. Yeah, that's what's wild about, uh, we, we, of course, we keep a close eye on a lot of pot laws. Uh, of course, of course. And it's like none of those laws make sense for, like, you can tell that none of these... <laughs> legislatures have ever even talked to somebody who's grown weed let alone grown it themselves like oh uh, yeah exactly things like a three plant limit across the board like yeah they expect medical patients to get all their medicine from three plants at a time you know, <laughs> and the, the irony is you know <laughs> when i mean you guys know you know that i'm from connecticut originally and Soon as they legalized it up there, like Mass had it first, and I've got a friend who lives in Connecticut that I've known for years, and she's a little bit older than me, and, you know, she's not a weed proponent at all, and, you know, she's constantly, you know, puking this M5N horseshit and all the, you know, the stuff that you hear, you know, out there, and it's like, you know, it, she's kind of... She's not, she, she thinks legalizing is going to, you know, cause more problems than it cures because, you know, oh, well, then the cops have to be retrained and this and that. It's like, here's a thought. Um, just cut the shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. First and foremost, get the facts about what's real and what's bullshit. Stop listening to the M5M. The cops are not going to really have to have all that much more training. And she was, she was citing the fact, and I know you're going to find this hilarious, she was citing the fact that Colorado said that when they legalized that uh, they had, you know, oh, all this increase in, you know, uh, DUIs. It was like, yeah, that's because assholes from other states were coming across to get the shit, getting fucked up, and then getting stopped on their way out. It's not the people who were living in the state. I'm like, you know, find out your facts before you, you know, bring something to the table with someone who actually has a shit ton of bases and can point you at a whole lot of different places to reference that what you're saying is just flummox. Yeah, it's such a clown world. Especially it's just like, you know, it's not like people weren't smoking pot and 
moving it around in their cars before it was legal either, right? Yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? I'll tell you. I'll tell you a good story. So my ex mother in law, uh, she had a God. I think she had like a Granada or some little you know rinky dinky car. She had so many fucking seeds in the back floorboard pot plants that started growing in the carpeting. <laughs> Holy mackerel. Oh, yeah. I, I thought that was hilarious. And then I think I mentioned this on, on our show that uh, my uncle had one growing in the attic. And uh, my grandmother had no clue what this thing was. But she, she kept it alive. She watered it. It Aww. was lining up along the rafters. I'm like, oh, my God. Because, I mean, so funny enough, growing up, you know, MJ was was at family gatherings. I mean, they, they didn't offer it to the kids or do anything, you know, fucked up and nefarious like, you know, like other people have gone through. But it was like, yeah, I knew, you know, I knew what it was. I knew what it smelled like. Hell, I even knew where one of my aunts and my uncle kept their fucking, you know, tray with rolling papers and shit. So uh, I can remember one time my uncle sparked one and, and I thought I was, you know, going to be funny. And he and I walked up to him. I'm like, "Hey, can I hit that?" He's like, "Yeah." When you're 18, do you have any idea how bad at 45 years old I want to walk up to him now and spark one of my own and go, "Hey, ready to smoke yet?" And see the look on his face. Yeah, no doubt. Dude, I'm the first person to got my mother stoned. Hey, me too. That and okay, so funny story. Love my kids. One of them is actually a bowler. The other one is too busy doing his young bullshit. But <laughs> uh, so I can remember a few years back, they came over to our house for Christmas, and they didn't know that me and the ex smoked, and I was dry. My fucking my dude moved to Colorado, so I was I was like dry as fuck, and I looked at my kids because you know teenagers, you know they run their mouths before they run their brains. They would constantly give me shit like, oh, Ma, if you ever need something, you know, you know, let me know. I got people, right? So I looked at him because pulled, you know, pulled the ex in the room and said, hey, I got an idea. Follow my lead. He's like, all right. So we go out. I'm like, all right, guys, I got a game. They're like, what's up? I said, first one that finds mom a dime bag gets a J. Oh, yeah. They're like, are you shitting? I said, does this face look like I'm fucking kidding? Get on the phone. I need some fucking weed. Boy, you never saw two boys roll their fingers across the keyboard so fast in all your life. I think my youngest actually won that race. So I rolled him a couple of pin joints. Never said it was going to be a fatty. Hey, you know, semantics. I want my weed. Gotta have it. Yeah, well, the funny part is now they be fucking bumming all the damn time. Because oh, no. mom's. Mom's got the good shit and they're dry because mom <laughs> knows how to network. Two people over the weekend before I uh, I left for a field trip that I'm on <clears throat> for work. Uh, two people. I got new plugs. My waiter at the beer brewery and a girl at the hippie shop. And the girl at the hippie shop is getting ready to go to the Ten Ren Fair in outside of Nashville. And wanted to know if I had any extra uh, <clears throat> Sid. I said, get with me. I'll hook you up. <laughs> so I'm thinking there might be some dealing and wheeling going on there because, you know, she just got some new stuff in and um, can neither confirm nor deny be, be in the market. Oh, boy. For, uh, for a little something. Got all know? kinds of special surprises. Oh, let me tell you, I'm, I'm full of you. surprises. Look at you. Now, speaking of surprises... 
Are you still running your cooking channel? You know what? I'm not because, uh, funny, I, I, I started doing this thing called a fucking podcast with this guy named Phone Boy, right? and it's just taken up all of my time, you know, that and, you know, details, technicalities, living in a fucking truck because of divorce. However, you know, I would do it all again 10 times uh, for the freedom and the happiness that I've found since since I left him. I'm just saying. There you go. You know, uh, that's why they say marriage is grand, divorce is 10 grand. Just ask Phone Boy. Oh. <laughs> Yes. You'd know that if you'd ever listened to my podcast. There you go. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, we talk about our divorces way too much. I, I keep telling them, I'm like, that, that shit's got to stop. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired of hearing about my own fucking divorce, and I'm the one putting it out there. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, wait, y'all got divorced? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. In, in all fair and technicality, I'm under my 60-day wait period. Because, you know, I thought it was 60 days from the day you file. Yeah, file with the court. Because, you know, took forever for my lawyer to draw up the papers, then took over a week for numbnuts to sign them and get them back because he was busy. Finger quotes. Busy. I mean, getting divorced is busy. It takes a lot of time. And it also takes a lot of money. Yeah. That's what I hear. I don't recommend it. It's absolutely no fun. Um... Yeah, Although it my, can facilitate beautiful things, I just want to say. My dad uh, just went through that, I think, a couple years ago now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a little over up, a year ago. Coming up on two years. I don't know. But yeah, it's kind of like a big thing, big like topic. Once you go through it, it's like, hard to talk about other stuff. Because it's just so, it encompasses like every aspect of your life, right? I mean, even Even when you think like, you know... Even when you think it's not going to, you know, impact your day, it's one of the prime reasons why I am expressly forbidden from going over to the property uh, that the ex and I shared on a Saturday because it will fuck up the vibe of the show. And it's highly likely to put me in a very dark place. And uh, we just we don't need that shit. There you go. I had I had one specific day where I was like 10 minutes before I was supposed to be on the air and I was literally laying on my bunk talking to phone boy on the phone as he's on the stream going, hopefully my podcast partner in crime will show up soon. And meanwhile, I'm in his ear going, fuck you. I'm not going on. I can't do this. Oh, shit. And he's going, yeah, you can. And I'm like, nope, I can't do it. And at the last minute, I literally threw myself off that bed, flew in the bed up to lock it in place so I could pull the table and chairs up. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've um, put a picture of what my setup looks like on a Saturday, but uh, I'll put another one in. Um, I'm not sure if it'll be this week or not, because I have an ass ton of things going on. But uh, I know how that goes, definitely. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, I got the message from Loring saying, yeah, we just got home. We're putting the kids to bed. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> scramble. <laughs> well, it was funny because... I was grabbing dinner really quick um, when I messaged you, and I was worried that it was going to take too long for dinner, and then it ended up that it was like, oh, yeah, uh, we're still not able to do dine-in, so we're doing takeout only. And it was like, okay, so I just wasted all this time and walk to find out that I have to walk all the way back so that I – I'm like, oh, fuck me. (laughs) But it was worth it. Oh, my God, some of the best Chinese food I've had in a hot minute. Yum. That's awesome. And – I, and I did as good as I could to be uh, no sugar, no grain 
uh, with what I ordered, which was very difficult considering I have a serious pasta addiction. Oh, yeah, no doubt. That'd be hard for me to cut pasta, I think. Yeah. No, it, yeah, it hasn't been easy. Bread, pasta, potatoes, three oh, of gosh. the uh, best yummy things. <laughs> yeah, can't have them. Okay. But it's worth it. You know, 50 pounds down says I can do without that shit. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. You're kicking ass. Thank you. I'd like to think so. Yes, the results, it's like the proof is in the pudding, as they say. You know, you're talking about right. not wanting to go on to the to do your podcast because you were in like a low spot having picked up all those bad vibes that day and whatever. But don't you always just feel so much better during and after the podcast? Isn't with, doing a podcast like therapy? With or without the weed. No, <laughs> it, yeah, no it is. It is. And it's it's funny you mentioned that because I can remember um, the very first show that Phone Boy and I did where after we got off the stream, I said to him, oh my God, I'm vibrating. My entire body just felt so electric. I was like, if this is what it feels like to do this, I don't want to do anything else ever again. This is the most amazing, you know, feeling I've ever had. And it just kept going. It's nice. It's like um, really all of our podcasts. It's like therapy for people who can't afford therapy. Yeah, I think we're a whole (laughs) lot more better priced. Uh, I think it's better than therapy person. I've okay, I've never been to therapy, but from what I've heard, this seems a lot more uh sane and efficient and it's like there's a community here and community seems to always be yeah. what's lacking in people's lives. I did therapy once uh in college. Um it's kind of a there's <laughs> a long story, but to shorten it, it was like a stipulation of getting back in after I'm academic probation and not giving a shit. Uh, they said, like, we'll let you in if you do this and go on academic probation and go to this therapist or counselor or whatever. And, uh, yeah, it's not dissimilar. It's just, like, more conversation. Like, in therapy, in therapy, I had to carry the conversation, you know? It was like... Yeah, because they just nod and say, and how did that make you feel, Yeah, they just kind of keep you talking Mm -hmm, with as little words as possible. They want you to ultimately talk out your problems all by yourself, and then they charge you $100 an hour for it. It's like, uh, how about I cut out the middleman and just uh, do a podcast? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can talk. (laughs) And it's like, if I'm feeling down or lonely, I can tune into anyone else's podcast here, and there's all my buds. It's awesome. I agree with that completely. Um, Because of the wide variety of podcasts that I listen to, it's um it's extremely therapeutic because depending on, you know, if I'm pissed or if I'm sad or, you know, and also, you know, the fact that I can call my podcasting partner in crime at any point in time. And he's a very good sounding board. He's very understanding and he's um pretty damn uh, intelligent. You know, he's even though he's only three years older than me, he's got a lot of insight. You know, we come from two very different worlds and I think it lends itself to how great we are together on mic because we can draw from our own experiences. You know, maybe he's done something or or experienced something that I haven't and vice versa. And we just, I I think that's why we play so well off each other is because, you know, it would be boring if we both came from, you know, the the same background. I mean, it's obvious that, you know, you have to have that, that contrast Otherwise, yeah. it's just two people, you know, basically com- comparing dick sizes. Sure. 
Now, now, have you compared deck sizes anyway? <laughs> well, yeah, and, and mine is bigger. <laughs> <laughs> I suspected. Well, you know, he does drive a Prius. Oof. <laughs> I mean, I, I drive a hybrid too, but it's a four-door sedan still, dang it. Thank you very much. It still has balls. <laughs> it it doesn't sound like when it when it uh, ramps up yeah, to can, speed for highway. Good. It can still vroom on the on the on ramp for sure. Well, I uh, I, I told him uh, recently I'll put uh, I'll put my Sonata up against his Prius any day. <laughs> I want to see that race. Yeah, me too. Yep. Post it on NA Tube. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I still can't get on any tube. My uh, my oh. service provider sucks. Oh man. Yeah, fuck you, AT and T. AT and T, you bastards. Oh yeah, they're they're as crooked as a dog's dick. But whatever. At least I have service most everywhere I need to go right now. And also, you know that is um that is something that I love is that ever since I got my own phone account, you know, separate from my ex, uh, <laughs> phone boy made me an Apple Cult member. And I don't know how I've lived my life without this Apple Watch, because the thing literally runs my life. Wow. Tells me when to sleep, tells me when to get up. It's almost like being married without those, <clears throat> without the sex. <laughs> yeah. And you can let the battery die, too. That's nice. If you ever get tired <laughs> well, yeah. of it. Oh, there, there are times that, like, you know, I'll do something in cereal, you know, pop her little mouth up, and I'll be like... Bitch, shut up. I was not talking to you. You're not my real mom. <laughs> right. Um, so I was going to kind of talk a little bit about our live tag. I was scrambling right before the show to get the live split put in for you. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to have to go back and play with uh, the old uh, phone boy episode that we did and put a split in for him as well. Uh, you guys are using the satoshis.stream service right now, which is um, interesting how they do value splits. So um, if you use satoshis.stream uh, and you want to do a guest split, that can be done with a few caveats. The first is you have to set up a personal wallet within the Satoshi Stream bot on Telegram that you use to withdraw all your sats. So... It's like slash personal wallet. We'll set up the wallet and give you a personal value. Mm-hmm. And then the person who you're guesting with has to be able to either um, customize their RSS feed or they have to be using podcaster wallets. Another way to do it. Um, I hand hack all of my feed for the lives tags and for different stuff for podcasting 2.0 because Podbean is a dinosaur when it comes to tag implementation mm-hmm. so um basically the magic is that you set a key a, uh, and it gives a tlv record of seven 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 one seven 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 if anybody's interested in the numbers i think it's a cute number but then you pass that key and then you also pass the um oh what do they call it uh it's it's some other parameter in the value split where uh it identifies this um, personal wallet ID, your personal value, they call it. Mm-hmm. And uh, with those two numbers, then Satoshi Stream knows how, who it goes to. Because essentially, when you're using Satoshi Stream, you're using their node. And so 
the public ID is not enough because everybody who used a Satoshi stream uses the same node and the same uh, public key for that node. So mm -hmm. if you didn't have these extra information, it's just like they get these sats and they're like, well, where the hell do these go? They're in our node, but we don't know. So it's like a, a custom key, which is that 77717777, and then a custom value on top of it. The first mm -hmm. time I ever did it was for uh, Carolyn and Fletcher when they came on Bulls with Buds oh, nice. this last time. And they're doing Satoshi Stream 2, which is really cool. Um, but Nice. I don't know how uh, how are you liking the Satoshi stream thing and the Boostagram uh, experience and all of that jazz. Um, I'm not really sure, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I see it um, on you know in in the chat you know during the bowl, but as far as ours, like I literally had to you know ask Phone Boy before we went on, do we have one of these? Because you know. Lorian had asked me, and I was like, search me. So, you know, I asked him, I'm like, do we have one of these? He's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, all right, well, you need to get in touch with Spencer because I don't know Jack about this. Nice. And he knows that I don't. Yep. There's always, um, I don't know, it's like, it, it seems, I don't know, everybody like says I'm a fucking guru or some shit, but it's not really that way. It's like, there's no limit to learning the different stuff that you can do and the implementations that you can have and what all of the shit is behind the, you know, under the hood. Um, yeah, but I mean, come on, Spencer, you make this shit look seamless. Okay. I'll, I'll even tell you. <laughs> I, and and I, it's I, a I've whole been dying team. to tell you. It's a whole team. That's what's, that's what's the beauty of it too. It's like, um, I spread cocaine shit stain all over one <laughs> of my riders. In, actually, a car full of Zoomers in my lift one night because they were talking shit about Bitcoin. And I was just like, er, hold up right there, sunshine. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> all from the stuff that uh, I've learned um, from listening to your, uh, you know, your bit on it. And um, that's actually the new official name of Cashmere, my cat. I call him my little cocaine shit stain. So. Beautiful. You know? <laughs> I love, Shout out uh, to you for that. I love cocaine shit stain in general uh, as the segment because, well, th there's a couple of reasons. The, the one is just it's a direct poke at uh, just the jargony bullshit language that happens just out of necessity when you're in the lightning space or the Bitcoin space because you're talking about this stuff and it all has so much technical terms, you know? And then on top of it, the the terms that were chosen maybe in retrospect weren't even the greatest terms right like mm -hmm. like just simple stuff like if you break things way down like a wallet like mm -hmm. maybe a wallet isn't really the best thing to call uh what's going on because it, it was written for the user but it's not like it technically doesn't work like a wallet at all like it doesn't hold bitcoin you know but then it's it's made to seem like it does like it works as though it does Right, which kinda, is crazy. Kind of like act as if. It, yeah, exactly. Which and is so the whole faking it till you're making it thing. Becomes <laughs> a total mind fuck. Mm -hmm. The other thing I just love about it is it, it kind of forced me to talk about this stuff in plain language and just talk about it, like talk about it every time. Like the reason I wanted to make it a weekly segment is because I was like, you know, a lot of this Bitcoin stuff is starting to bleed into the podcasting 2.0 and be built upon it and if we want people to adopt it 
like my audience is not a Bitcoin audience and it likely will never be, which is fine. Like, it's cool. Like I don't, I don't need a Bitcoin audience. There's plenty of that out there. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm not that guy anyway. You know, like that's not where my expertise lies. My expertise is just in fucking smoking weed. Right. So like, you don't have to be a genius uh, to be good at smoking weed. Know a lot about that. No, but the way, I mean, like the way I see your show, I think you guys are kind of like a dispensary in a way. You know what I'm saying? Like you've got your little cocaine shit stain. That's the edibles. You know, Lorian's got her, you know, top 33s. That's your joints. You know, you're going behind the, you're going behind the curtain. That's your bongs. You know, I, I see you guys as like, you know, this, this great pot shop essentially uh, in, in, you know, metaphoric terms as a podcast, because you've got all these different elements. Uh, they're all lit and you know, you, you get benefit from, from every bit of them. Somebody gets something different from each one. <laughs> That's a pretty way to look at it. I like that. Yeah. I just wanted to, I wanted to bring it into plain terms, you know, like, uh, there's not really that out there. Like if people want to learn about Bitcoin, then they have to go to one of these Bitcoin shows and then they have to be immersed in a cocaine shit stain word cloud salad of things that like, People are like spinning their head around, and then yeah, because you know, they're the, not going to the, know jack and shit about what Bitcoin. I mean, if you're if you've never fucked with Bitcoin in any way, shape, or form, and you don't barely even know what a Satoshi is, mm-hmm. if you go to one of these conferences, it's going to be like a monkey doing a math problem. It would be like like me attending one of Phone Boy's events and listening to him talk about the you know the cybersecurity stuff that he does. I would be. I, I would be lost. Yeah. I, I'd look like a drooling baboon. So yeah, to have somebody break it down for you and just basically say, look, this isn't as scary and, and you know, nefarious as they want you to believe. Yeah. I, I think you're doing a major, you know, service to all of the bowlers and anybody who, you know, fills their ear holes with what you're putting out because it's, it's quality. Well, thanks. It's uh was probably too kind honestly but uh i definitely appreciate it um and another thing by the way if anyone is uh listening to sound of my voice in near kansas city and would like to know just like the cocaine shit stain version of bitcoin the total beginner stuff there's a meetup this thursday on the plaza in kc and we're gonna be there uh, it's like a bitcoin beginners night that the kc bitcoiners are doing so the deal is you can show up you're brand new to bitcoin they're going to talk about what it is sort of the basics of how it works not the depths of all this shit because you can go down the rabbit hole forever and um i've just like even myself you know i've been down in there pretty deep for uh well all in all i've been down there for quite a while because the first time i bought bitcoin was way back in like 2013 but you know, I never really cared. I never really was motivated to learn about it. I just used it, which is hilarious uh, looking back. But if you just want to be a beginner and just get some to use and learn how to get in the car and drive, essentially, that's what we're doing on Thursday. So you show up, they'll get you onboarded with a wallet, they'll put some Bitcoin into it, and they've got some kind of like prize. I don't know what it is, but I want to find out what prize it is for the uh, sucker that brings the most people with them, and I want to oh, wow. be that sucker. I want to try <laughs> and get. Yeah. I want to try and pack the house, and just jam everyone into this clown car and drive at once in it. 
And that so, would be so epic. I so hope you're my, able to pull that off. I'm, I told my dad he's going to go at least. And then your uh, kids are going to go. My kids. Uh, I love the fact that you guys have the kids, you know, already immersed in all the good things that, uh, you know, that we believe in. Yeah. Yep. I couldn't leave them out. And these are my coding students, too. I'm going to make some of them go, too. <laughs> make them? Yeah. They just graduated. Yeah, like, that's like, that's he- the gravity you have. <laughs> See, this is the beauty about being like an instructor or a mentor, kind of like in that position. Mm-hmm. in somebody's life is like you've taught them something and then they look up to you and respect you then you can like make them do shit <laughs> and so one of the things i'm going to do is make them go to the, uh none of them listen to this show so that's why i still kind of have that <laughs> i still kind of have that authority uh to me it's weird man and it's like something that i haven't uh i used to kind of have an aspect of that like back when i was in the scouts but uh not since then really right Abel Kirby says good things we believe in chickens, breakfast, and Bitcoin. Oh, and he was the pew earlier, by the way. I should check that. Uh Yeah. Abel, Great eights. Abel Kirby boosting the live tag from CurioCaster. He says, uh, cheating on prod friend, don't tell Martin. So that I can boost Phoenix. Yes, well. Uh your secret is safe with us, Abel Kirby. But thank you, Abel. Thank you, Abel. If uh if Martin had a way to boost a live tag then, yeah. uh, you know, wouldn't have to feel so dirty about it, would you? <laughs> so that's there you go. At the end of the day, this is technically Martin's fault. <laughs> it's like, wow, uh, you know, this victim boy, shaming. Hey, How you terrible. Know, you gotta, you gotta keep it interesting at home or he's going to go find, <laughs> you know, if you can't, if he can't get live tag at home, he's going to go out looking for live tag, you know? You know, that's, that's actually funny. That's all I, I'm saying. I actually, I actually said that like, in real time the other day i'm like you know if you're not scratching the dog behind the ears how do you expect to keep him on the porch hey oh there you have it's it. the truth there you have it it's just a philosophy i believe in that look if you're not breaking your man off some now and again you know and he, he goes out <laughs> trying to find something that is your own damn fault there's only so many angles of the hand uh when you, you start naming your hand and you have a better relationship <laughs> with it than you do your wife yeah, something's very wrong. If you have some yeah. eyeballs uh, <laughs> drawn on your your first knuckle with Sharpie. If you put you lipstick on your hand, it's an intimate relationship. <laughs> you know something's up. There's a cause for uh, concern, if not alarm. Yes. Uh, speaking of concerns and alarms, if you have any for ourselves or for Phoenix, there's a way you can get in touch with us. You can pick up your phone and you can dial a special number. And you will be able to leave a voicemail. All you got to do is uh, call eight one six six zero seven three six six three, and the play of voicemail. That's right. That's right. Eight one six six zero seven three six six three can get you to the voicemail line i usually say that earlier but we've just been like in the shit you know what i mean we've just been like just been covering in it just immersed that's right that's right talking about uh getting divorced whacking off and uh of course bitcoin 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 what is there to talk about you know there's so much to talk about gotta love you said you had you said you had all these questions for me so you know are you are you still jacking it 
I am not jacking it yet. I'm taking breaks between jacking it. I like to do uh, 25 minutes on, 5 minutes off, 25 minutes on, 15 minutes off, and then 45 minutes on, finish. Yeah, pre- prevents chafing. Good, right. good plan. That's right. And you got to get the aloe going between. Keeps it nice and soft. It's the only way to do it, really. Oh, I'm a sucker for coconut oil. Coconut oil <laughs> is coconut, nice. Coconut oil is so much better for you. Yeah. More natural. Yes, that's the way to go, really. That is the way to go. Um, Yeah, I'm just trying to think of a... Fuck. I had these things in my head, and this is the problem, is that when I don't write them down... Um, yeah, that usually tends to... Then it, then it bones me, because then I, you know... Um, I'm on this new setup with a new computer, mm-hmm. and so last Tuesday we did our first show on the new computer, and I found a few things that were still fucked up, and I had to like install some stuff last minute, and I still don't have my full soundboard loaded up yet. But then mm-hmm. this is the first time on the new computer we've had a guest, which entails a little bit of extra shit, right? Because you got to mm-hmm. port somebody in via the clean feed. Um well, if it makes you feel any better, Sir Spencer, um, apparently it's uh, it's contagious because our show <laughs> last night was the most epic shit show to date that we have done. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Um, you know what? Now that you mention it, I think I saw uh, in the bowl something about you were saying like test test or can anybody oh, hear yeah, us? Oh, yes. <laughs> I was fucking crisp. I was I was baked like a cake and didn't realize I was still in the bowl and not in the blossom where I should have been because I'm being baked. I'm being baked like a cake. I w- in fairness, okay, I was legally stoned for the first time in my life. Oh, congratulations. Because of location. Cool. And uh I wasn't on my rig. I was I was moonlighting as a guest. So, in in fairness, shit went pear-shaped almost immediately, and it never recovered. Oh, man. So, uh... But it I, made for great content. I gotta ask, Colorado? Um, no. Okay. Not Colorado. Although, maybe soon. Maybe soon, maybe soon. Right on. Washington. Yeah. Washington. I'm, the chat I'm in Washington. The That's chat right. Gave it away. Well, if anybody listened to the show, they knew that uh, Sir and Dame Bemrose hosted myself and Phone Boy last night. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Oh, my Woo! God. What a fucking party. See, is what I it was. missed all that because I was at my pop's house out in the sticks and the boonies and. Oh, poor Sir Spencer. You I missed. Know. Well, I'm sure you. I'm sure that the. I want to catch up on it. will be released, yep. but oh, my God. Right quickly. It was. It was, it was, um, I'm not going to say, I'm I'm not going to say it was bad. Uh, live trolling by Sir Benrose does not get any better. Uh, (laughs) I will say that. And when Dame Benrose gets in on the action as she was in rare form and great spirit last night. Yeah. I don't even know how long we broadcast for. I don't know how long that show went for. All I know is it went tits up, pear shaped. Ass down, head up, don't know. Uh, phone boy was so stoned, Sir Spencer, and he was drunk, so he was oh, cross-faded, yeah. fucked. 
He couldn't stop laughing. He laughed like a <laughs> schoolgirl, and Sir Ambrose was busting his balls That's about great. it. My God, if if you missed the live show, you missed the most epic show. You'd know <laughs> that if you'd ever listened to my podcast. That, that's it. <laughs> we we didn't know what was going to happen. Um, it took probably easily 30 to 45 minutes to even get to where we had ability to hear each other. And then for like 10 minutes, I was like, I can't, I barely hear you. And then realized I had the fucking headphones turned down. Oh, that'll oh. get you every time, man. That'll get you every time. <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. Um, and of course, I'm bouncing between... Dame Bemrose and Sir Bemrose, where phone boy is. So it was girls club and boys club. Yes. Yeah, girls against the boys, and uh, poor phone boy was not putting up a fight. The Bemrose, <laughs> the Bemrose, Bemrose are great was just one-two punching the shit out of him. I mean, he, 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 <laughs> when he you get that guy going, he can go with, savage, man. Oh, he was, he was absolutely. I mean, I, I almost shot coffee out my nose at one point. <laughs> Oh, and it didn't help fantastic. that Dame Bemrose is just what well, they are a class act. Let me just say that they are they are national treasures as people, and she um she she <laughs> she's an undercover naughty individual. Let me tell you, she was feeding me drinks that she I had never heard of before. This this one in particular, it's this uh, this whiskey with pineapple juice, and you're supposed to put a squeeze of lime in it, but we didn't have any lime, but that was okay, and. Oh my god, it tasted like a pineapple upside down cake and Oh yum. But like the first sip of it that you get, you immediately get that like warm, crispy brown sugar taste. Nice. And then you get the pineapple. So it was like, oh my god. I'm like, that shit's dangerous. I was yeah, I was totally trashed by the end of the night and I was just like, What the fuck did we just do? <laughs> That's the way to do it, honestly. I'm hammered gotta get hammered yeah it, it was it was great although oh, they're I, uh, great people in fact we were talking in the back channels about uh trying to do a bulls with buds with those two on uh oh it would be so it'd be awesome that. to get the four of us going um i need to follow up on so that great. i've been such a fucking idiot lately because um you know i had my stupid health fucking episode and then mm -hmm. it's like one it, when you go down for one of those things like and then you come back online you I'm a guy who always tends to run behind anyway, but like the catch up game that I had to play while still, you know, maintaining the daily work stuff, it's like, all right, you still have to stay on the tracks, but now you have a pile of shit to catch up that you have to like haul ass on. Like I have been so uh absent from all of the podcasts that I know and love because of this like stupid catch-up game i've been playing i'm just like oh my god like now bills are rolling in from these hospital visits and i'm like i haven't even told my urologist yet that i passed the stone and it was like uh two sundays ago you know so i saw that thing oh i don't have a dick and it made my dick hurt uh, i'm like oh no you know the dick was the easiest part to pass it through honestly like the dick was no problem Thank God, because Jesus Christ, that thing was, it was ugly. Like, everything leading up to the dick was like the actual fucked up part. It was oh, like man, crystal swords coming out of it. Jesus right, Lord, no, it's fucking. I don't recommend it. I I am so glad I have never had a, a, a stone, and and yeah, that's, I, that's I drink so much water can, now. It's stupid. 
I'm like I, I can like absolutely go the rest of my life with not having one. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like hyper aware of my kidneys too. Like I feel like maybe it's just my brain or st- like just me being dumb or overactive imagination. But like I feel like it, when I drink water and like it's sitting in there, like I can feel them filling up. <laughs> like I feel my kidneys filling right? up. It's weird. It's crazy. It's stupid. The, that is insane. Never again. Never again. Don't do it no more. That's what I say. That's right. That's what I say. Uh, well, do you want to hear what a caller says? We do have a voicemail. Hell yeah. Uh, let's see if, uh, if I haven't totally biffed the setup, you should be able to hear this. Uh, I believe in you. Pretty clearly. Let's see. Oh boy, man. We got Phoenix in the bowl with Spencer and Dame Dalorian. That's, that's, that's all right. That's righteous, man. Uh, hey, that's Christopher Battles here, you know. The, the dude from uh, Spencer's Dreams, you know, or Dream, I should say. Oh, yeah. Maybe there'll be more. Who knows? But, I remember uh, that anyway. one. Uh, yeah. So, it would be really cool if there's, like, a bowling alley, like, in a semi-truck. Ooh. Um, it probably have to be a really long truck, you know. But anyway, because I've been watching Night Rider lately, and, you know, like, because <laughs> David Hasselhoff, you know, he's the man. But uh, I've been watching that on the, the flicks of the net. But, uh, like, he does kid car like does repairs in the semi truck and then one day I was like, Oh, that'd be cool, there's a bowling alley in there. But anyway. Uh yeah, yeah. So uh kinda curious, Phoenix. Like sounds like you're kinda doing like more short hauls, at least because uh, uh your guys' podcast. Sounds like you're also been doing some like lift driving and stuff like that on the side just with everything going on in the and the life that you're uh doing right now. But uh anyway, like but you're also kind of, it sounds like living in the truck. So you got, you still got like a big, I guess, like whatever they call the rigs with the bunks and all that in there versus just like a, I guess, a everyday rig. Obviously, I know these terms. Um, <laughs> I kind of researched it beforehand, but you know why. Um, but yeah, and then I was also kind of curious, uh, curious, like how the radios and stuff work in there. I mean, stuff's more digital and stuff now, but I mean, like, if they're just for like, they're just like a general band that kind of everybody's on that area sort of thing. Cause I get like, there's an accident or something, obviously like some stuff's going to be like more crazy if you're a semi versus just a regular smaller vehicle, but, uh, kind of how that works. And then you guys have like private bands or how, how does that work as far as like trying to like just stay within your own, I guess your own lane, your own company or whatever. Just kind of curious on those details, how that works. So anyway, so there's some questions. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, figure the biggest annoyance is probably people just like cutting you off, but curious what yours is. So, all right. Well, I love you guys. Uh, enjoy the show. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Stay dangerous. Oh, yeah. Staying dangerous. Mr. Christopher Battles. Okay, so I'm going to address all of his questions. Yeah, he had a lot to wonder about, a lot to ponder. He did. So, yes, um, what he's referring to is a what's known as a condo cab, which is the um, which is what I have, which has uh, an upper and a lower bunk. And mine, I'm lucky enough that my lower bunk folds up and locks in place. And I have a table and chairs that uh, fold up so I can actually sit and have a normal meal at a table like a human. Cool. And then just, you know, lower it back down, put my bunk back down, and I have my sleep space. So I actually do have a condo cab. Now, there is what's known as a mid-roof, which only has one bunk 
and less cabinet space. And then there's a day cab, which is what he called a regular truck, which only has the cab and a passenger seat. So that's uh, that's the kind of truck that I have is the condo one. I think his term, uh, his technical term was everyday rig. Yeah, everyday rig. <laughs> <laughs> he did the research. He was looking on Wikipedia. <laughs> that's right, he the was. The Wikipedia for trucks, I think. <laughs> and then I'm trying to think what his other, he oh, had two he, other questions. He asked about the radios. Oh, yeah, I know about the radios. Um, and then he now, asked uh, also about your bike, I guess, pet peeves. Oh, okay, so, and uh, y- your short hauls. It's like you're doing more short hauls now, I think, and uh, yeah, driving my, on the side for lift. Yeah, so um, yeah, kind of, sort of, yeah. Like my my normal um, miles uh, trip wise is you know roughly five or six hundred a day. Okay. Um, a lot, a lot usually is between four and five. Um, so I guess, you know, that would be considered short. Um, but what, what I do is considered regional. So, you know, I, I stay within a 600-mile radius of my home terminal, which is kind of bullshit because I've actually been up to the Northeast when working with this company. Okay. So, you know, I mean, it's how it's supposed to be, you know, finger quotes. As, as far as the radio, um, they really, yes, there is some new technology that's come out with them. They're, you know, Bluetooth and what have you. But for the most part, they're all still pretty, you know, pretty standard, just, you know, CB band radio. And uh, all all truck drivers run on channel 19. And channel 9 is the emergency channel. So um, the, the way that we talk to each other is you have to be within a certain range of, uh, it's kind of almost like, Think of it as a radio tower signal, just not as strong. Okay. So that's kind of how it works uh, with radios talking to one another. And, of course, you know, with any radio signal, it has to be dialed in properly or, you know, you can burn out your finals, which you don't want to do because then you got to buy a new radio. No, thank you. Now, I personally do not have a radio in my truck. Uh, I've been, like I said before, I've been doing this for 13 years and I can tell you that probably collectively less than an entire calendar year. Did I ever have a a radio in my truck? I don't find them to be of use. Interesting. Uh, I've, I've taken a lot of shit from friends, uh, over the fact because they're like, you know, well, how are you going to know if there's an accident? I'm like, uh, cause fucking traffic stopped. (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense. Because Google Maps says, hey, there's a 40-minute slowdown. Find a different route. So you don't have, like, a cool handle and you're not just chirping all day run, running down the... I, I do have a handle. Uh, okay. It's actually Phoenix. That makes uh, sense. That's actually where... When I started driving, that's actually uh, the handle that I took. It matches the tattoo that I got that's representational of when I started driving. Because I feel like that's, you know, a big part of when my life started taking an upturn. Um, because I was, I mean, I was waitressing, I was doing, you know, dead end shit, even though I have, you know, several different, um, schools that I've been to, you know, I've been to nursing school, been to bartending school. Uh, I was a licensed massage therapist and had my own business for a few years. And then I started doing truck driving when the economy shit the bed and, you know, my company was still too young to survive it. So it was like, well, my father had been a driver 
pretty much my whole life. And he always had it to fall back on. And I was like, all right, well, let's see if we can get a, uh, a loan and uh, go do this for a while. So 13 years later, here I am still doing it. Cool. Um, and as far as pet peeves, yes. Okay. So my biggest pet peeve out here is people who just won't get the actual fuck out of the way. Ugh. You know, point number one, don't cut off a truck. Bad idea. Unless you want an 80,000 pound enema, not a great idea. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> don't, do not think that um, brake checking a truck is going to do anything except for get you Burger Kinged off onto the side of the road <laughs> <clears throat> and really get, you know, that driver pissed off because now they've got a DOT reportable more than likely on their record, which is nothing nobody wants. But, you know, when you're getting on an interstate, first of all, I don't have to yield. You do. So it's probably a good idea to do so. Yeah. Because I'll run you onto a shoulder. It's just plain and simple. And also, get up to speed. If you're actually making an honest effort to get onto highway speed, that's why they call it an acceleration lane, not a go as slow as you possibly fucking can oh, and yeah. annoy the drivers in the lane you're trying to get into lane. That shit kills me, too, when people are just, like, people are still doing 50, like, at the end of the ramp, you know? And then there's cars whizzing at, like, 70 minimum on the left. Yeah. And then right. it's, like, sometimes they'll even slow down because it's, like, they're approaching and then they don't see a gap. It's, like, if you were at speed, there would be a gap for you. Mm hmm Exactly. But because you're going so fucking slow, there's no gap for you. Because yep, you fucked the whole flow up. That is That is the truth. And I truly, I think that's one of the reasons why I'm as good as I am at doing this, it, why this job is, is ultimately perfect for me, is because of the fact that I just don't have the ability not to wear my emotions on my sleeve. I mean, some of the shit that I've said to people behind the windshield of that truck, you know, <laughs> could definitely get me in a whole lot of trouble. I am not politically correct. I don't make any bones about it, nor do I make apologies. So I it did come to me one of the one of my list um, when in your handle and in your in your tag and your name uh, Phoenix you have the E and the O inversed and I was just curious like why that came about how that started um it started honestly because I didn't know how to spell the word Phoenix nice. I'm, 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 I'm just me. I'm just real. I, I never really realized that, you know, Phoenix was OE because it didn't make sense to me. And um, I, I took a lot of shit for it um, back when I was on House Party because everybody would call me Phoenix. Uh huh. And I, I just kind of got used to it like, whatever, you're fucking ignorant. Because I would, t I'll, like, I will tell somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's, look at it. It looks like it says Phoenix. So why, you know, why right. pronounce it jacked up? It's like, it's not fine. Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. I think it. Exactly. It does look dumb when you spell it right. That was my opinion. Are you accusing so, me of being dumb? <laughs> never. Would never do that. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I just, I started spelling it the way that I wanted to. And it just kind of became, it kind of took on a life of its own where, you know, it made me an individual. And then sure. as as all of this has started going um, more and more, you know, I've strived to find my niche 
because I know it's in there, and I and I think I finally have found it. So I'm I'm kind of happy about that because now I mean I, I mean getting ready to get on that airplane the other day to to fly out to Washington. Yeah. I was somebody for the first time in my life. I was flying first class. I had this you know this girl who was uh, flying, ultimately, uh, she was going to Alaska to be a bartender on a train, which I thought was neat. That's cool. And she was fascinated by me because, you know, I told her that, you know, I'm a podcaster. And she was like, oh, you know, she was talking all about, you know, the stuff with me. And I was like, I'm finally somebody. I'm finally making my mark in the world because people will know my name. I mean, Adam Curry said my name. I don't care if he fucked up my real name the first time he did it. He said Phoenix, and that's I, I can die happy. <laughs> mm. I feel stupid now. Um, it's the weed. <laughs> Love that drop. Must be the weed, man. It's gotta, always the weed. Gotta blame it on the weed. Blame it on the weed, everybody. Yep. It's another fucking drop I lost in the oh. move, but I'll get it oh, back. I'll get it back. That's painful. The problem is my old rig. So. Lorraine always gets my hand-me-downs yes. when it comes to computers. And the last hand-me-down was the first one that we bought when we moved in here, like mm-hmm. six years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, it's sluggish, let's say, <laughs> by right. now. The next hand-me-down that she's getting now is a nice machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, just, it's like a gaming build. It's got oh, 16 yeah. gigs of RAM. It's... Um, it's a steady, it's a st- steady, sturdy baby, but right nice. now it's sitting in the hallway, not plugged into any power or monitor or anything, and that's where all the shit is that I need to grab. So <laughs> we got to set it up in her office and get her all situated, which mm-hmm. I will be doing this week. This week is my hero week. I'm gonna hero shit out because Yay. at the uh, at the coding Acad- academy, we basically have. Uh, 75% utilization, which means we do three weeks on and one week off, which is fantastic to be able to get your own personal shit done in that fourth week, you know? Um, I, I've never had a job that did that before, and it's like, it's just fucking killer. Right. Get Clipslit working, and we can send you the clips or Spencer. Ah! It's on the to-do totally list. right, you got me. I, I wonder how much I can hero out of that, too, because really... The only thing I have left to do on a clip slit until testing starts is to handle the MP3s. And C-Dub showed me a really great library before I went down um, in C-Sharp to handle those. So that's coming, too. That's coming. I should actually write that down right now because I can work a lot on that. I find that's that when I week. usually am able to do things is when I write it down. Otherwise, I forget. And even sometimes after I write it down, I forget. Yeah. What uh, What causes that kind of shit? I'm not sure. Old age. <laughs> I've been forgetting shit. See, people say old age and people say weed, but like uh-uh, that I find whole I'm sharper on weed. That whole thing where you walk into a room and then you kind of look at the ceiling and try to remember why the fuck you went in that room in the first place. I've been having moments like that since I was like four, five, six years old. Like, oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm space right cadet. Oh my god! So get this shit. So this just reminded me of that. You know, you, you know me and my rabbit holes. So I had this damn. Uh, dude in my lift the other day and he was talking about like reincarnation and you know deja vu and shit and 
he's like, well, how do you know, you know, because I was explaining that my, you know, he wanted to know my philosophy on reincarnation. And I said, you know, I'm not really sure, you know, I know reincarnation exists because I know I've lived before. Well, how do you know that? It's like, because I've been to, you know, I was able to describe a place that I've never actually been, you know, the inside of. And to someone who had, and it was my mom, and she was like, how do you know that? And I'm like, because I just know it. And she's like, well, you've never been in that house. I'm like, deja vu. I've lived before. I don't Mm. know what to tell you. And this guy was just like a staunch proponent. I think he was a religious freak or something. Yeah. But that that just made, that just reminded me of that when you said space cadet. I was like, you know celestial reincarnation that's just just that's the connections that my brain makes you know i'm kind of weird like that so we did this um segment like a handful of times on the bull especially the earlier second incarnation of it mm-hmm. where we called uh philosophers stoned uh which nice. was just kind of like uh exactly what it sounds like and the i right. think i'm pretty sure the first one we ever did was of the lava lamp theory of reincarnation the lava lamp theory of reincarnation that I kind of came up with, like coming down from an acid trip, like, I don't know, oh, tw- so, 12 years ago or something like that. I'm so glad, Sir Spencer, that you admit to dropping acid too. I felt like an asshole scumbag jack off <laughs> for admitting that in, in the fucking bowl tonight that no, I dropped no, no, acid. No. There's a, uh, I don't know. I, I would say, I don't know. I would say most people should try it, but then, I don't know. Most, <laughs> you'll love it. Everyone should try weed, and then you'll know. You'll know if you should <laughs> yeah. also try acid. And uh, yeah. I also think most people should try acid too. But if you disagree, then you're right. Like, yeah. some people are just like, "No, nah, it's not for me," you know. And I'm like, "All right, well, you're probably right. You're probably right." I thought it was hilarious because, um, so I had a I had a tab of gel, and I put it in my Altoids can at the airport before I got to the airport. And right before TSA got ready to open and I got ready to check my bag and shit, I took my fingernail and dug that little cocksucker out and dropped it. By the time my ass hit the seat on the plane, I was already fucking skybound. No, yeah, no doubt. That's the way to do it. Yeah, my... yes, I'm enjoying it edible currently. Nice. This is, this is fantastic. Fuck, you know, it just occurred to me that we have our... Legal shit tastes so much better. We have our final one here from uh, Boobs, and we could just kill it, and then this could go Woo-hoo. in the trash can instead of sitting on my desk. Look at this. Look at that's this. Awesome. Look at this. How about that? Yum, 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 yum. Okay. So that's going down. Um, yeah, when you brought up... down for real. <laughs> <laughs> when you brought up the incarnation thing, mm-hmm. um, I was staring at a lava lamp for way too long. And thinking about the cosmos and um, respiration and um, infinity Mm -hmm. and atoms and like all the crazy fucked up spectrum of colors that you tend to see. Mm -hmm. And I was like, maybe, maybe that's kind of the mechanism through which this whole reincarnation thing works. Like, it's a big ass cosmic lava lamp where, you know, the blob comes up Mm -hmm. out of the ether or out of the big blob you know the little Mm -hmm. bubble comes up it floats up it has its individual life it cools down it floats back down it melds back into the big blob and so all of the molecules that made up that blob of wax are now mixed into the source the thing it mixed back in you know Mm -hmm. and then another bubble comes up 
And that other bubble is unique in its own way, but maybe it contains a shitload of the same wax molecules that the last one had. Maybe it contains just a few of them. Maybe it contains none of them at all. Maybe it contains almost all of them. That's a fucking tripping ass theory. And then it comes up, and as it comes up, it's bumping into shit that's coming back down, you know? And maybe it just, like, comes into contact with weird shit. Sometimes, and this freaks me out, you see a bubble come up real hot. And it's like a hot one. It rises fast. And it hits another bubble that's coming down, and those bubbles become one bubble. And then they keep rising again. Mm -hmm. All of these different scenarios, I was like, shit, man, this may be how our souls interact and, like, a big metaphor for, like, how the whole cycle goes. Like, it it can explain a a lot of past life stuff. It could explain, like, why little kids can tell you, like, about the pilot that got shot down in World War II that they have no business knowing about. Like, (laughs) oh, I totally believe, uh, because my, um, my youngest son, um, can see spirits and my oldest son is an empath like me. I absolutely believe all that shit. Cause I've, cause I've fucking seen it. I've lived it. There you have <laughs> it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm completely at peace with the fact that if, you know, if people don't believe that I have the abilities that I have and you know, that I've had the experiences that I have, you know, they, they can take a big step back and literally fuck their own face. <laughs> <laughs> cause I ain't nothing but real. I mean, anybody who listens to the Lotus podcast with me and Phone Boy, they know, you know, what you what you hear is what you're getting 24-7 with me. I think that's the biggest allure to the value for value model that overlaps a lot of different shows. Uh, all of the no agenda sphere stuff, but even there's some shows that I would consider like outside of that, too, who have adopted the same thing or uh, kind of roll with the same thing that... That allows you that ultimate authenticity, you know? You don't have mm-hmm. to be fake for some ulterior motive, like whether it's an advertiser or whether it's a, um, like the sponsor, or whether it's the company that you're hired to do copy for, or any of that shit. Like, it's just, you know, you're doing it because you want to do it and because other people are feeling it too. Yeah, that's why, you know, Phoneboy and I talk about the fact that, you know, we podcast like no one's listening. Yeah. We're going to do the same content and be the same stupid motherfuckers that we are, whether we are talking to nobody or talking to a community of, you know, as large as no agenda. We're still going to be the same individuals, good, bad, and indifferent. So, uh, hitting reverse on the whole thing, going back to trucking a little bit, I was curious as to, like, you mentioned there's, like, a lot of federal regs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What's the um, what's the deal with like inclement weather? Like, what's the craziest weather you've driven in? And like, what Ugh. are you? Is there a certain point where you have to get off the road? Other uh, than common sense, right? Like legally. <laughs> okay. Um. Legally, no, but yes. Interesting. Sort of, kind of. Okay. Okay. So I'll break it down in simple terms that I think everybody can understand. Ultimately, you are the captain of that ship. You call the shots. If you don't think it's safe, then you shut it down. I have shut down my truck for wind in Indiana because it was an empty trailer and the winds were probably, you know, up above 40 miles an hour. And I mean, it was just, it was trying to toss me like a rag doll. I was just like, not today, Satan. So I stopped and put myself in a parking spot and called my company and said, yeah, um, this load ain't getting picked up till tomorrow. Because this wind is trying to pick my trailer up, and I'm just not about trying to flip over. 
they're like, all right, cool. You know, we'll let them know. They, they never argue with me about that. Um, I, if you can imagine it, I have driven through it, whether it's, you know, a blizzard in Colorado uh, going over US-6 Loveland Pass where they were doing avalanche control uh, right after we went through, they closed the road to do so. Um, I've seen 108 degrees in Phoenix uh, at 2 in the morning. Whoa. Yeah, no shit. It's a dry heat. Yeah, till you sweat your balls off. That's not so dry. <laughs> it's only a dry heat because the fucking sweat evaporates so fast you don't realize you're sweating. That's the soggy heat talking right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I've I've been shut down for two days in a rest area at the bottom of Loveland Pass um, in Idaho. Or not Loveland Pass, Fourth uh, of July Pass in Idaho. Um, you learn as a driver how to survive. I mean, when it comes to wintertime, there's extra blankets on the truck. There's, you know, Holocaust food, you know, canned goods of all shapes, sizes, and amounts. Um, I have several ways to cook on my truck. I mean, I literally, right now, I mean, you know, you want to talk about some apocalyptic bullshit. Um, as long as my truck was stocked with enough food and uh, whatnot, I don't ever have to get off my truck. I have the ability to shower or at least clean myself on my truck, which does include washing my hair. Um, you know, like I said, I've got several ways to cook. I'm sure if I had to, you know, hobo my laundry, I hmm. could probably pull that off. Because I keep, well, now I keep my laundry supplies in my truck because, yeah, I'm living in it. But as far as, you know, regulations, um, there's no real actual regulation that says if the weather is shit, you have to shut down. Now, there is such thing as a chain law, which is like going over Donner Pass in California and um, Vail in Colorado and places like that. Uh, there's what's known as the chain law, which is when the weather gets to a certain criteria or the road conditions get to a certain criteria, you are required to put chains on your tires. Oh, uh, okay. And if you, like, I've never put chains on. I will not put chains on. If the weather is bad enough where it requires chains, it doesn't require me to be moving. Gotcha. So. It um, seems like a safe bet. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's one of the whole reasons why I would never do ice road trucking. Um mm -hmm. Matter of fact, our our safety instructor when I was in truck driving school had been an ice road trucker and told us stories about it. So that was pretty badass. That is crazy. I've, only, other, I've only seen like the uh, teasers for the History Channel thing. You've never actually seen the show? I haven't. Oh, I don't have cable at my place. I didn't have it. You have a DVD player? <laughs> Do they have it on DVD? I could probably stream it. Yeah, it's you know, yeah, to, yeah. Um, Netflix just never to. does it. Yeah, it's well, it's really interesting. Like if it always looked kind of cool, the the spots that I've seen about it, you know. Well, reality TV isn't necessarily reality, but sure. Uh, being in that industry, I can say that there is a lot um, that they do that is you know pretty authentic. Um, another thing I was curious about is. Uh, what what's like your typical load? What do you usually haul? And like, what's the weirdest haul you've ever had? <laughs> okay, so um, like I said, I used to do cross country uh, with my ex, and we um, we hauled a lot of carpet uh, during that time. 
um, because we were running, we were running reefer, but unfortunately we weren't smoking it. Oh, but hey, um, so we would typically run from uh, California or Arizona, depending on the time of the year, to like Florida and things like that. And then there's a, a carpet company in um, Dalton, Georgia, that we would haul out of primarily uh, to get us back out to the left coast. And so that was that was a lot of what I used to do. Um, now I actually work for a um, a company that does uh, wire products. And the strangest load I ever hauled, I will never forget it, was Louisiana. It was a dedicated all week long, up and down. And one of the loads that they gave us was raccoon pelts. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. With with the um, advice, uh, don't dawdle, because when they warm up, they stink. Oh, no. Oh. That's not something you want to hear when you know you have to open those doors and, and get a face full of... <laughs> Gotta keep the hammer down, keep them pelts cool, man. Shoot. Let me tell you. <laughs> and I, I will tell you, I absolutely cannot stand a governed truck. My My truck has been neutered. It only goes 65. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of speed limits where I go that are like 70 plus, And I've got, you know, all of these, you know, trucks passing me yeah. that can do more than me. I mean, when I get passed by a JB Hunt or a Swift, I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, does this thing have a vagina or is it just me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always uh, something that I'm curious about because I've heard a lot about uh, governed trucks. Is that a company by company set or and? Does it have, like, insurance implications? Like, what's the whole spiel there? The thing with governors, companies think that they're saving money fuel-wise by governing the trucks, and it's actually the polar opposite. You're not giving the motors a chance to get broken in and use their, you know, being used to their optimal performance. Sure. Ultimately, which which is why, you know, you end up having more insignificant things go wrong with you know the trucks i had this one before i got my brand new truck the loaner truck that they gave me the damn thing had gremlins i i could not go a week maybe two without having a breakdown and it got to the point where you know i was telling my safety guy i had like four or five flat tires i'm like you need to sage this fucking truck because it's haunted there is something very wrong with this truck. I was never so glad to get the absolute fuck out of that truck. Yeah, I bet. I don't know. I um, Ever since driving a hybrid, everything in a hybrid is like gamified for gas mileage. Right. Uh, on the displays and everything. So mm-hmm. uh, I've noticed that like at a constant speed, especially if you had a, like a ceiling of a top of a top speed that would actually lower my average mpg Mm -hmm. because i can't like use the hills to my advantage i can't do anything like that and i suppose like like if you're coasting on a downhill and you're already at your 65 the governor is just going to be basically breaking on your engine right it's going to be like no actually how um, how does it kick in once it once it reaches 65 by pedal power, that's all she's got. 
if you're on a downhill, oh yeah, I've I've hit seventy okay. something okay. Uh, on a downhill, and yeah, once you get seventy five, your safety guy gets an email. Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying. Neato. Wow. Yeah. Me but that's too. okay. You know, he he forgives me because he knows that I'm a safe individual. Cool. Yeah, I was just thinking about that and being like, wow, if the governor kills the... Uh, but basically, it just won't let you accelerate past 65. Right. I see. Yeah, once once like you reach the, 65, you can... I mean, I've, I've got, you know, the pedal to the floor, and it, I'm not getting any more out of it. I see. Um, through the engine until it drops below 65. Yeah, that's can that can be too like a point of frustration for drivers that don't understand how trucks work. You know that some trucks are regulated, and then they'll be like, "You gotta go seventy, and it's like, "No, I can't." Well, I have actually driven a truck that didn't. Uh, when I did owner operator with my ex, we had a truck that um, you know there it was it was wide open, and I can remember driving through Texas, and uh, Fletcher can tell you, you know, some of the speed limits down there are eighty miles an hour, yep. even four trucks. So you're just fucking, whoa, just fucking flat out hauling ass and taking names. It was it was fantastic. A little scary, you know, when when you get a rig up to that speed, at that much weight, you're you're just praying that nothing gets in front of you within like you know a three mile radius because sure. you're just. You're you're gonna fuck it up, or you're gonna fuck the truck up, and uh, ne- neither one of those options is uh, favorable. So Servo in the chat asks, "What's the deal, deal with, with air, brakes? air brakes?" Yeah. Okay, so the way air brakes work is exactly opposite of the way hydraulic brakes work, which is what most cars um, have. The way air brakes work is air is what keeps the brake pads off of the brake discs and, you know, brake drums. So when when you push the brake pedal, it bleeds the air and it applies the brakes. When you let off the brake pedal, it refills the air. That's why there's air tanks on the trucks. Mm. And it pulls, you know, the, the pedals, or not the pedals, the, um, the pads off of, you know, the brake drum. That's why uh, when you hear them set their brakes, it's bleeding all the air so that the brakes will hold when the pedal is um, released for the tractor and the trailer. That makes sense. It's cool. So, like, you push the you push the pedal still to hit the to engage the pads, but you're actually taking air out to engage right. rather than pushing hydraulic fluid in to engage. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah, because because the hydraulic fluid uh, initially works with a piston system. Now, is there air brakes and uh, a different braking system? Uh, um, not on not on trucks. No, just they're, they're everything all air is system. just air. Okay, it's all air. Gotcha. I did. I've seen, I've seen sign that say like no air brakes or some shit like that, and I, I always wonder like how you probably like, have seen no compression brakes. Okay. What what that is? That's affectionately known as a Jake brake. It's an engine retardant, and um, you probably don't know it by its name, but you know it by its sound. So if you've ever been going by a truck and they let off the accelerator, and there's this big kind of growling, yeah, no air brakes in residential areas exactly. Um, there's it's a it's kind of a sound that you yeah it's like servo says you know. 
Yeah, exactly. That is known as the Jake break. That's the sound that it makes. Gotcha. Um, some are more, uh, some have better sound quality than others. Um, definitely a Mac has a really sexy, uh, that and a Peterbilt, um, Kenworth. Th- those are sexy Jake breaks. Those are the really, you know, that you hear. My, um, my truck is a Freightliner. It doesn't have a sexier sound. Oh. But it does slow my truck down uh, <laughs> on hills. Yeah, that's what you need, right? At the end of the day. That's so- it. Hey, you know. When would you use a Jake brake versus the air brake? Like, um... okay, so the Jake brake is just to keep you from smoking your brakes on a downhill slope. So if you have to like apply them long term. Yeah. If uh, imagine, okay, so imagine if you're going at like 80 miles in your car and you slam your brakes on. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you're not slamming them on hard. You're just lightly applying pressure, kind of like a race car. You know how when you're watching the races and. Uh, when they get a they get a close up of your wheel or of the wheel and you can tell they're on the brakes cuz that that disc is glowing red hot yeah okay imagine that on a truck mhm essentially if you're trying to go down an 8% grade with 80,000 pounds okay that's 80,000 pounds you're trying to keep from running away and if you're keeping steady pressure on your brakes it's going to heat them up like the thing that you see when that disc gets red same thing happens on trucks. The problem is this. If that happens, okay, you're gonna, it can catch fire. Like, there's no bullshit. I've had it happen. Uh, I lost a wheel seal coming down a hill into Knoxville. Thankfully, you know, I wasn't um, going too fast. But um, ultimately what happened was uh, all the liquid had drained out of the wheel seal, so it caught the brake pad on fire and i i was smoking and i didn't yeah i didn't know it and i had another truck that you know went by me blowing his air horn because i couldn't see the smoke at first so i was looking in my mirrors like what is this dude freaking about and then i saw the smoke i'm like oh fuck my life so i pulled over and thankfully i did because otherwise i'd have lost the whole axle oh geez um but i popped out and i'm like why did i smoke the brakes that's not a very big hill and i wasn't loaded that heavily so I got out and I look and I got like two inch flames on my brake pads. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> so I had to run back to my cargo bay, get my fire extinguisher, put it out. And I, I had the fire department called. They get there and they act like they're doing me a favor. And, and I pissed the guy off. I'm like, dude, I'm like, with how long it took y'all to get here? I said, I already got the friggin' fire out. I said, you, I said, you might want to get your mutual aid to get their shit together because Knoxville <laughs> should have been here a lot quicker than you guys. I don't care whose territory it is. You should have mutual aided it out. Boy, he, I don't have to stand here and take this. I said, uh, well, yeah, you kind of do because I called you. I said, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to, uh, you know, have actually needed you. No doubt. And, and here's the thing. I'm not a prick. I'm really not. I used to be in fire EMS. I've done what he does. I know how the shit works. I hate when someone talks down to you because they think that they're in a position of power. You put your britches on one leg at a time, just like I do. Yeah. And and you poop too. So, you know, don't, just because your nose is so high in the air, you can't realize that, uh, you know, your shit stinks. That's right. Doesn't mean it doesn't. Everybody poops. And if they don't, they're an android mm-hmm. and should be destroyed. AI is not the wave of the future. <laughs> Oh, man. 
So, uh, I was curious if you'd like, if you ever have been in any accident, uh, I actually have in a rig and yes. how does that always, or how does that typically shake out? Well, there's, there's a couple of different, um, versions of that. Uh, I hit a deer in, um, Oklahoma on, I believe it was Thanksgiving morning, uh, netting me the, um, the affectionate title, uh, my Indian name is Hunts with Truck. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, uh. that's, that's the most damage I've ever done to a rig, uh, as far as an accident, uh, as far as another vehicle, I tapped. And when I say tapped, I mean, I transferred the dirt from my ICC bumper to her front bumper of a car, uh, just outside of Atlanta. And I had, what happened was there was a vehicle in front of me that had its four ways on. I couldn't see it. The sun was preventing me from being able to see that fact. So when I got up to the car, I realized, oh, that's why they're not moving. Their four ways are on. I had to back up. I looked in my mirror. Now I had live traffic to the left lane of me and I look in my mirrors. I don't see anything. I back up maybe six inches at best swing around you know, the right side of the car, keep going. Next next light I come to, this woman pulls up next to me and is losing her shit, beeping her horn, you hit me, you hit me. I said, what are you talking about? How do you fucking mind? I didn't hit you. Oh, you hit me, you hit me. I'm like, fine. So I go through the light to pull over on the shoulder because I'm 80 feet long. Right. This heifer pulls into a freaking subdivision, and as I'm walking toward her vehicle, I hear her telling the cops that, oh, the driver took off. And I'm thinking, you cunt. I didn't take off. I'm right here. Right. But I didn't say it. So long story short, um, that's the only actual accident um, I've ever been in in a rig. And the cop was really cool about it because he used to be a driver. And, you know, I mean, I took pictures and everything. And, you know, I told the cop, I'm like, dude. I didn't, I transferred the dirt from my bumper to hers. He's like, I know, but, you know, just got to do what you got to do. So that's the only actual accident, you know, other than the, you know, the, the deer. <coughs> Smear the deer. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I knocked him into a next lifetime. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I saw him off to the right, you know, coming full run. And I couldn't do jack and shit. No, Here's yeah. the funny thing. It wasn't funny. Well, okay, it was funny at the time, but I couldn't, I couldn't pretend it was because it pissed him off. Um, hubby, ex-hubby, was sleeping in the bunk at the time, and um, I see this thing. I, I catch it in my peripheral as it comes into the headlight, the you know, the side headlights, and I slam on the brakes because it's coming in front of me. Yeah, he came off the bunk and rode the cooler. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he was pissed. I bet. Oh, That's he was a rude so awakening. pissed. <laughs> Holy Moses. It's not funny, but it is. Yeah, there's nothing you can do when it comes to the deers thing. Like, If you've never cooler surfed. <laughs> <laughs> I have not yet had the pleasure, but uh, I don't know. Uh, well, you know, it is a southern thing. You'll ride anything down a hill. <laughs> I have, uh, I've been ice blocking before in my life. I don't know if you've ever heard of ice blocking. I haven't, but it sounds interesting. Ice blocking is a lot like sledding as far okay. as physics go. Mm -hmm. But instead of riding a sled down a hill in the snow, you ride a block of ice 
down a hill just in any old day. Usually we do this in the summer. Uh, but if you sit, if you get a... That sounds like some redneck shit. Get a, if you get an ice block and you I go like to a it. steep grassy hill mm-hmm. and then you put a towel on top of the ice block, that's an important step because like the fabric and the ice, it'll like melt and refreeze, melt and refreeze. Mm-hmm. And so like eventually you'll have a towel that's like firmly stuck to this block of ice. But if right. you don't do that, then you'll have your... At the ass of your pants will be firmly stuck <laughs> to this block of ice. It's like sticking your tongue on a metal pole. Yeah, exactly. It's fucking. You stand up and your life got heavy. <laughs> Man, you fucking cruise down these hills. I'm telling you, ice blocking that sounds is, like so much fun. Something I got I, introduced to in college. It was fantastic. You're gonna have to. You and and Lorian and the kids are gonna have to come and visit us in Tennessee. And I just found out we have year-round indoor snow tubing. This is a thing that needs to happen. Ooh. Yes, I know, right? That sounds pretty cool. I am so making so that h- happen. How does that work? Snow tubing inside? Um, like uh, you pull, I would imagine you, they... You pulled by like a snow. four-wheeler or whatever? I've not been to it yet. I only oh. just recently found out about it um, a couple of weeks ago when I went up to Pigeon Forge. I noticed a billboard. I was like, yeah, that, that needs to happen. Yeah, that sounds like a fantastic time. Holy mo. Holy mo! <laughs> I like going fast on... Uh... Oh, yeah, I'm I'm a speed junkie. Total adrenaline junkie. And I didn't... I didn't used to be. You know? I mean, <laughs> I used to be afraid of my own fucking shadow. But, <laughs> uh... And, and I talked about it, you know, in one of our episodes that, um... The thing that really uh, started my, my coming out uh, that you all... Are very instrumental in which you know I'll tell you about later. Um, was when I when I went to drive a dump truck for six months and I was working on this you know huge mountain that we have in in East Tennessee where all the rich motherfuckers come to you know buy up the land and fuck up the scenery. Sure. So, um, it was really scary because um, you know going back to the subject of air brakes, uh, one one of the problems that you have is. When your air gets to less than 60 PSI, which is pounds per square inch, Mm -hmm. you have this horrible sounding buzzer that goes off to let you know that, hey, something's wrong. So, of course, my, my logical brain does not kick in when the truck that I'm driving, because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on like a, at least a 45 degree angle of sheer don't fucking slide down this because you're going to meet your maker. And my foot is like mashed to the floor of this brake and it's bleeding all of the air off, which, okay, for context, a properly working brake air brake system, when your foot is mashed to the floor, should not be bleeding all of the air off. If you have an air leak, it's going to. And this truck had a hell of an air leak. Oh, no. So, so my logical brain should have said it's okay if all the air bleeds off because all that's going to happen is it's going to you know lock the brakes in place and as long as it doesn't cause you to slide you're fine. Well, my logical brain wasn't kicking in. My scared shitless I'm going to fucking die brain was kicking in. <laughs> so every time this alarm would go off, I would freeze. And the guy training me, you know, a couple of times I had to pull the brakes and actually, you know, let him take over because I was paralyzed with fear. And I mean, that most of the, you know, most of the grades that we were working on, you know, were, were that steep or more. So 
you know, there's a lot of weight that goes into those trucks. And I don't know exactly how much because they're not measuring it. So it was, you know, it was a whole big adjustment, you know, for me to to do that job. Not that I didn't enjoy it because I loved it. And, you know, if I could find a company where I could be home more, uh, I, I might actually consider uh, going back to being a dump truck driver. But I'm actually <laughs> looking I'm actually looking at a career change right now. But, you know, we can talk about that later. But, oh. yeah, nonetheless. Um, so long story short, when, when I got done training, uh, the guy who was training me, who was way cool, you know, he kind of he kind of gave me the heads up that look, you know, the boss is fixing to kind of put you on the hot seat. You know, it's it's put up or shut up time. You know, you're either going to be able to do this job uh, by yourself, or you know, he's he's going to have to cut you loose. You know, I'm just giving you the heads up that you know you you need to make your decision for Christ at this point. And yeah, I was I was fucking scared because I mean I've got a video uh, kind of detailing. I've I've got to find out on my other phone. Um, one of the drop-offs that I had to back back out of this road and back up a you know a steeper road to get turned around to drive down this mountain, and I mean you just you you've got cars that are half on the road, and the other side of the road is a sheer drop-off. You you don't want to misjudge by any any <laughs> stretch of the imagination, uh, and the fact that heavily loaded you're doing this so you know you've got probably easily 50 60 thousand pounds uh in in the well maybe it wasn't that much i'll I'll say you've easily got 40 to 50 thou in in the back of this dump truck and you're trying to back up and and one tire slip and you know they're picking you up with a with a spoon and i mean that's that's a real grab you by the boo-boo moment no doubt when you when you realize that you know this this is what i'm fixing to undertake and i yeah i i came to of course you know i also was going through a phase in my life or i should say in my marriage where yeah i didn't give two shits if i did die so it was like what do i have to lose at least i'll go out riding dixie so i decided that i would uh I would nut up and I did the job for six months and it actually helped me face several fears that I had. Um, one of which was the fact that, um, I have a horrible phobia of crustaceans, you know, crawfish, crabs, lobsters, etc. Um, and my ex loved lobster and I always used to like to make it like for his birthday or whatever. And (laughs) I, I could never, I could never pick the lobster up and put it in in the pot. I just, I was afraid to even touch one. And I can remember one time, I took a pair of kitchen tongs and I picked the lobster up to put it in the pot. And I, I was at my mom and dad's uh, place because they lived uh, two floors below us. So you know, in order for it to be a surprise, you know, I was cooking at mom's house. So I take the tongs and I pick this thing up and. I dropped the damn thing on the kitchen floor. So now there's a lobster loose on the kitchen floor. I ran, I ran my ass into the bedroom, jumped up on the bed with the cordless phone and called upstairs. And I'm on the phone with, I think I was on the phone with my mom. And I'm like, mom, I'm like, I need you to send Cody down, which is um, my oldest. He's the bowler. And she's like, why? I said, because the lobster's loose on the kitchen floor. My damn 10-year-old had to come down and save his mother from this fucking mutant lobster <laughs> because I was so afraid to touch it. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, it, it actually helped me 
to face that fear. And it's, it's helped me to face, um, you know, several other fears that I've had, which uh, subsequently, you know, led to what we're currently doing, you know, right now. Cause awesome. I don't think, I don't think I'd have had the, um, the courage to do this. Uh, if I hadn't heard, you know, you and Lorian doing it, you know, thinking about the fact that, you know, you guys are, you know, a fair piece younger than I am. And yet, you know, you're killing it. You know, you're <laughs> super successful in what you're doing. And, you know, there's other aspects of it too, you know, which we'll discuss later. But, you know, the, the main thing is that the fact that you guys could do it and I just caught such a lucky break because, you know, I, I met phone boy in, in your chat and he's become such an important part of my life with, you know, doing this podcast that truly, you know, when I say that, you know, every time y'all tune in and, and listen to, you know, the silly shit we put out, you're, you're helping to, to further my dream and, and just, Making it, <laughs> making it the most amazing life that I never thought was possible. That's awesome. Yeah, that's fuck. That's inspirational, man. Um, that's what we just you know. It's like a routine we establish. You know, you just chip away one week at a time, and uh, over time it blossoms and grows. You know, you can't um, think about it on a short term scale. It's like when you zoom out on the map and just like see the journey that you've taken, that's when it starts to get like, wow, it's crazy. Yeah, And, and the, I, I mean, the, the ripple effect of like, you know, what we put out. I mean, it's, it's crazy too in the podcast world where you can put, you can put something out and then like people might be months behind and then listening. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, you, <laughs> you said something like ages ago and then they pick it up and hear it and they're like, Whoa. Oh, exactly. It's it's like the way that, you know, Dame Bemrose took to me. It really kind of just, you know, it blew my mind that, um, you know, humble little me doing this thing has a dame that I caught the attention of who has literally said, look, you know, your, your podcast is my lifeline. You are my podcast. That's I mean, awesome. I have the drop. <laughs> I'm sure you guys have heard it. And it just, it blows my mind that I'm somebody for the first time in my life. And it would, I mean, I, I truly credit, um, you know, Sir Rev Cybertrucker for the fact that, you know, he actually talked to me, you know, when I first met him and, you know, we got to become friends. And then, you know, like we talked about earlier, you know, my, my origin story of, you know, no agenda and then the bowl. Yeah. You know, I, I truly credit him with being a huge part of why I am where I am right now, because had he not done that, you know, I never would have, you know, been in the chat to meet phone boy. I wouldn't be on the most amazing journey of my life. I would not be free. Ultimately yeah. I would not be free if it was not for my podcast because it facilitated the courage I needed to walk away from a very toxic marriage that was, you know, quite figuratively and literally going to end up killing me. I mean, I'm I'm in a lot better physical and mental health than I've been in probably <laughs> 20 years easily. That's awesome. And um I mean every every 
time I turn around, you know, there's some new victory. You know, I, I said earlier, you know, that I'm, I'm sitting here, you know, doing nude podcasting. Um, yeah, I, I'm sitting on a towel, on a chair, in a hotel room, naked as the day I came into the earth. I never would have had the courage to do this if it wasn't for, you know, the weight that I lost, which has been, you know, encouraged, facilitated, and supported by phone boy and my friends in this, you know, wonderful community. You know, yeah. I, I'm brave enough as it were to, to post the pictures. Um, again, you know, I, <laughs> I give phone boy credit for so much stuff and you know, he's napping right now. <laughs> he's not even listening to me. That's so. how it goes down the bowl. Though. <laughs> Clothing is optional, but pot is not. That's right. So. Um, yeah. We give a big credit to, John and Carolyn, a hog story for getting us back in the game because <clears throat> we were just checked out for uh, a couple years and uh, then going on there. Yeah, they ended up yeah, on the show. They got story. us back in. Uh, and speaking of, uh, Fletcher sent us a boostergram. And uh, it, it was included. Ooh, I got a boost. Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very nice. Nice in the hat. He said, uh, Great to hear Phoenix in the bowl. (laughs) Okay, so I have to ask, please tell me what Stick is about. Stick actually originated uh, when we went to see Fletcher in person and... Oh, fuck. So you guys have actually met, you know, IRT. Nice. He was the first no agenda person that we met, aside from like KC meetups. Wait, had had we had a KC meetup by then? I'm not... I think so. I think that we had... I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think that we had. Um, but he was like outside of the little uh outside of the little Casey meetups, like he was the first guy we met like met through the show. Or the shows, I should say. Like the mm-hmm. the general no the social and chat room mainly. And uh yeah, we just were building a fire and it just kinda we were all st- stoned as fucking billy goats and <laughs> Uh, throwing sticks on fire and it just became stick <laughs> and it just fucking stuck like a stick does you know that is fucking epic um yeah it's one of those silly things that just is like it's there's uh, absolutely perpetual. nothing wrong with that spence dosed fletcher via brownie servo says well okay let's get things straight lorian's the brownie master I baked the brownies <laughs> I baked the brownies yeah. that stone the podcasters. And uh, it's like one of those things where you're blazed as fuck, and then you're like, hey, these brownies, they're like special brownies, you know? Right. Oh, there's and, a disclaimer at the beginning of the day, too, but it's like, you know, you get stoned as fuck, and then... Yeah, you kind of forget all that. Things and fall just, to the wayside. And kind of uh, reminds from me of Fletcher's what the fuck angle, happened last night. He really, he really didn't know they were like special brownies. And was already heavily blazed, and then just like went further. Oh no! You can always go further, as yeah. we found out. It's it's funny. I was having this conversation uh, at the hippie shop the other day, and somebody was, said something about overdosing on weed, and me and the <laughs> um, me and me and the new plug I got were like, um, "It's not possible to overdose. You'll literally smoke yourself fucking yeah. sober. You can further yep. dose, but you can't there, overdose. There is exactly. that clarity." Though I feel like uh, you're rising, 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 and then you get to this point where you feel like you rose above the clouds, above the weed clouds, and it's like so mm-hmm. clear. You're like, I'm sober again. What? I I have that in waves. When when I get nicely stoned, I will go because um, I love a sativa. 
I'm, I'm not a huge indica person because uh, it just it knocks me the fuck out. So mm. I like a nice a nice sativa high, and uh, it's when I do some of my best work is when I'm baked because I I get that whole clarity thing where like I'll just be going along like do do then all of a sudden it's like oh yeah absolutely <laughs> it's fucking phenomenal and again that's part of where. The whole, you know, poems that I do for the bowl comes in. And honestly, um, Lorian, you actually have a lot to do with that because your feedback was so positive and so loving um, with the first one that I did. It inspired me to do another. And then it just seems like it became a thing where it was like, well, apparently people like hearing it. And as long as they like it, I'll keep doing it. Yeah. So, you know, thank you for that. And and all the support. Like, I can't even... It's so surreal. So... That oh, sorry. I have all the support that I have in, in this community. It is it is wild. It's something that's, like, touched us, too, over time. It's like... Uh, it's all circular, I think. Yes. Yeah. It, it fascinated me when I, when I kind of took a step back and looked at the way... Um, Every everybody kind of you know intermingles and crosses, and I think that really uh, materialized itself uh, at the Nashville meetup uh, at Valentine's Day. Yeah, with the way like you know boobs was there and you guys and um, did Fletch make it in for that one? I can't remember. Mm-mm. No, oh, but okay. uh, uh, Chris or seat sitter was out there. Yeah, I, you know and, it's uh, it's funny us. because I don't think he lives all that far away from where I live. Oh yeah, and and then I still ain't had a beer with that motherfucker. <laughs> Eastern Tennessee, yeah. Well, for now, he calls uh, it. He um, calls it the good side of Tennessee. Well, he's right. East Tennessee is the best part, uh, but I'm going to be in in mid, you know, middle, um, starting mid May. So gotcha. You know, uh, new time zone, sh- state shift. Yeah, you know, new time zone, new new digs, new life. Essentially, I mean, I've <laughs> phone boy laughs at the fact that you know. In, in everything that I do, you know, I embody the moniker of being the phoenix because I lit my life on fire and just burned it completely to the ground, basically. You know, I filed for divorce. I called a couple of people who, you know, are, are pretty fucking toxic out of my life. Yeah. And I took control of my life ultimate. You know, I started calling the shots and, you know, again, you know. Comes back to freedom. Way. It, it does. And, you know, Phone Boy was instrumental in that as well. Because, I mean, he heard the way that my ex talked to me. And, you know, we were talking, you know, on the DL one day. And he was just like, why do you let him talk to you like that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I hear the way that he talks to you. Why do you, you're worth more than that. Do you not realize you're worth more than that? And it's like, Wow. <laughs> I I barely know this person and yet, you know, the the same thing that all of my friends for so many years have been telling me, you know, he's telling me maybe it's time to, you know, wake up and realize that um, you know, the dream is gone. Yeah. And uh it's been nothing but a nightmare. And you know, just he's he's been an inspiration with, you know, his weight loss and yeah, I mean, you always you always see on TV, you know, oh, I used to weigh this much, and they put up this picture, and it's like, right, that uh, <clears throat> doesn't really look like you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, phone boy looks like phone boy, yep. whether whether he fat or phone boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
That's true. And I mean, I've seen a picture of him uh, when he was larger. Uh, he 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 was damn good looking. Uh, it's <laughs> one of the favorite pictures that I have. And I've told him, I'm like, you know, I know you hated you when you were bigger, but you were still a really handsome guy. You know, don't don't hate on yourself. Yeah. And he's actually helped me to realize that you know, I'm I'm pretty fucking special. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it takes that uh, new perspective, you know. I mean, um, I hated it when he told me that I, you know, I should keep photos. I never liked having photos of me. Yeah. But he was like, no, 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 it's important, it's important. And that's how, you know, I'm sure everyone, you know, saw the post of, you know, from January to March and then, you know, to, to mid-April. Yeah. You know, the the gym pick progression. Yeah, the transformation. That's, yeah, that's something. The rising that, from the ashes. Exactly. And I was, I was amazed, you know, for the first time in my life, I actually could see progress that I was making. And it's, it's been, you know, to circle back to the reason why I'm, you know, (laughs) nude podcasting is because it's a non-scale victory for me. I'm not ashamed to be naked with myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a big deal. And also because like... You know, talking to Lorian behind the scenes when she asked me about, you know, being a guest and, you know, I asked her a specific question about, you know, was, was a certain something theater of the mind or was it authentic? (laughs) And she was like, oh no, that's a thousand percent real. And I was like, okay, so if we're going to be a thousand percent real, when I go on this show tonight, I'm going to nude podcast. There you go. That's the new great thing. Ba-bam. (laughs) <laughs> so, fits right you fit right in that's the, yeah that's it the beauty of you it you know i'm naked and i'm stoned is there anything better yeah it's uh that's how we roll I'm, i i want to do this because i'm really usually pretty bad at it and so i wanted to make a point tonight to do this um talking specifically about your show mm-hmm. and uh a, a few things i want to hear first of all sure uh we have a link in the RSS feed and it shows up in most podcast apps as the person tag. So uh, if you see Phoenix and her little photo, you can tap right on there and it'll take you to uh, lotuspodcast.net where the show is at. Uh, but I was, I was curious about a couple of things. Our podcast. Yeah. I was curious about, um, obviously origin story. I'm, I love origin stories. Like my favorite because oh it, it explains God, kind of like, make- you're going to make me give you the origin story? It, it, Are you it, it, serious? It just explains, like, if you look back at where things came from, it kind of explains what's going on so much more than most things can. And then also, you know, for, for bowlers who aren't familiar with the Lotus Podcast, maybe just, like, a quick snippet of, like, what it's about or, like, what you get into, which, I don't know, may just kind of come out in the origin story anyway. But those okay, are the kind of the so, things I was curious about. Okay, so, in fairness, to give you the origin story of the Lotus Podcast, I think I need to do something. Uh, I think I need to have you say hello to my podcast partner in crime, Phone Boy. Oh, hello, hello, oh. look at you! Uh, <laughs> he's actually literally sitting on my lap right now, Sir Spencer. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah. Listen, we um, may be a little high. He he can he can neither confirm nor deny being high right now. He, I think he was sleeping off an edible, to be honest. <laughs> um, 
so to to tell the origin story of the Lotus podcast, it started uh, because of your show, actually. Um, Phone Boy and I were hanging out in the chat before, you know, he and I, you know, knew each other. I just knew of him because, of course, he is, you know, no agenda OG yeah. and uh, bowler extraordinaire. So uh, he was, you know, he was talking about, you know, going through some difficulty and whatnot. And I just, I, I you know, I, I had seen uh, him in No Agenda Social um, when he would post his pics after his runs. Mm-hmm. And he just, you know, hearing the voicemails that he would leave, he was an enigma to me. So the fact that I had the opportunity to reach out and say, you know, hey, if you need someone to talk to, you know, feel free to personal message me because, you know, I can be a friendly ear. And I was amazed when he did. I was like, oh, my God, the phone boy just messaged me. I kind of geeked out for a second. It's phone boy squeak. Exactly. Hell yeah, I can understand that. Exactly, exactly. So um, we started talking, and um, I don't know, we just, we seemed like kindred spirits, to be honest. And um, after we, you know, had had spoken for, you know, a little bit, um, I had said to him, hey, I have the strangest question to ask you. And he's like, what's that? And I said, you want to do a podcast? I mean, would this be something you'd be interested in? Because we had a lot in common. You know, we we came to find out. Hmm. And he was like, yeah, why not? And I'm like, oh, my God, really? So there, you know, (laughs) geek out moment number two, because holy shit, phone boy just said he would do a podcast with me. So he named the first episode First Date. Which we laughed hysterically, like, ain't that some <laughs> shit? And we even called the elephant in the room out that, you know, <laughs> for anyone curious, no, you know, he's married, I'm married, this is, you know, this is a joke, you know, about, you know, it being our first episode and everything like that. Yeah, and then, yeah, the universe said, uh, hold my beer. Uh-oh. Yeah, <laughs> in, in a big, in a big fucking way. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we um we were doing the show and then we were we were off stream one night just talking and you know we had, we had already effectively, you know, made decisions to uh divorce our, you know, disrespective others. <laughs> sure. And um can, give me just one second here. <laughs> So, okay. <laughs> fuck. That's an amazing story, man. That's, That's cool as fuck. Whoops. That was a little hot. <laughs> no, that was perfect. So, yeah. The, um, yeah. So one night we're having a conversation and I said to him, I said, do you feel that? And he was like, tell him what you said, phone boy. I I said no. I did. I was feeling something else, but my mind was not where her mind was <laughs> at that moment. So, but uh, but yeah. Um, a few hours later, I went. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Okay. And here we are. Yeah. And here we are. Wowie zowie. Um, what? What? <laughs> yeah, we um we've been talking about this and um Lorian's known for a couple of days and we wanted, you know, we I kind of felt like you kind of knew like maybe Lorian said something or looked a certain way like I maybe she didn't keep it a secret but either way like I guess it's kind of out of the bag, you know. Phoenix and Phoneboy are yeah, we're some we're something. We're something. <laughs> well, there you have Woo! it. You've come out on Voleftable we, as we've something. Come out as as I, I would have come. <laughs> oh my! Oh my! Well, <laughs> and uh, dispelling dispelling all the rumors, the um story of three hours is uh, it's true. It's <laughs> true. Well, I mean, I was about to say because yeah. I was about to say, all the bowlers out there in Bowlerland, if you had no idea, raise your hand, because um, to me that comes to me that comes as absolutely no surprise. We knew that. Um, We've been jerking off for weeks. I mean, you guys are like, hello. I see what goes on in my chat room. I'm not blind. This has been a game that I'm like, look at these two. Started. It was a game that accidentally started. Yeah. Whose fault was that? Oh, fuck you. You named the first episode. First date. Don't start that shit with yeah. me. There you go. That's the the spell setting. Spell oh. setting in words. There you go. So, uh,. The podcast started a romance, started a podcast, started... It's like, it's almost like a chicken and an egg, really, because it's like... It really is. The podcast started first, but if you really look back and think about it, analyze it, uh, did a romance spark into a podcast? Like, it was natural chemical connection, you know? I mean... Well, in fairness, I, I mean, I can't speak... For him, you know, as you can hear, he can speak for himself. It is not me with my hand up his back. <laughs> like a puppet. Help, said help. It's <laughs> horrible. Okay, in, in fairness, I did pounce on him at Dame Bemrose's last night. I pinned him to the bed and tickled the shit out of him Ooh. and ended up with a fat lip because somehow he ended up bopping me in the top lip. So it swelled up for a little bit. He felt so bad. It was the sweetest thing I've ever seen. I got it done. Good work. <laughs> a little horseplay. Oh, oh yeah, we we just um we're like teenagers. I'm not gonna lie, we're <laughs> so fucking immature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We see it. We see you in there. We see well, you. Well, you know, there. we actually see you and and Lorian as like us 20 years ago, <laughs> with with just how much you guys are so nuts about each other, and just how pure it is. And honestly, I mean, in fairness, okay, um, my friend Tigger. Uh, Tigger's Joy in the chat. Um, she, I mean, she knew about him when I first started the podcast. And I, I want to make it clear, okay, there was nothing romantic going on between him and I when we filed for our divorces. We were not the reason for each other's divorce. We did not commit adultery or anything anyone might think, okay? Yeah. 
this I, I just wanted to to put that out there because my reputation as I'm starting to build it, God willing, I don't want tarnished by someone thinking that I did something to facilitate his divorce or he mine. We yeah. both just basically I, have managed to be each other's leaning post sure. in, in well, one of the shittiest situations I mean, that you can go through. I think I can speak as far as having observed you guys from, you know, the distance that I'm at for long enough time, like throughout this entire journey, is that you both sort of individually discovered a thing about your life that was like broken or toxic or not correct and uh, you both individually fixed it, and through that, discovered a kinship with one another. And yeah, not only in that scenario, but also in a lot of overlapping scenarios. When it comes to all the topics that you have on Lotus, the, all the, the esoteric things and all the spiritual things that you both discovered, uh, you discovered those individually and separately, and then on the journey, on the path that you both separately walked down, you found one another walking down on the same path. Like, you met on that path, but you didn't set out on that path together, you know? You met there on the path. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, essentially, that's exactly what happened is... Um, and, and we're actually going to do an episode um, that, that deals with the topic, you know, now that we're out. Um, and, and I'm going to tell that story like in like a minute here, but um, really quick. Essentially, we are each other's twin flame. And, you know, anyone who knows anything about the twin flame and, you know, tune into the Lotus podcast when we do that episode and you'll learn all about it. Basically, your twin flame is the opposite of you, but also the same. So it's like I come from a very humble, you know, blue collar background He's a white-collar dude named Ben. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, and we've talked about the fact, if not for the No Agenda community and, you know, the bowl, because he's even said, you know, he doesn't remember essentially why he logged into the bowl originally. But, you know, once he did, kind of like me, he was hooked. Yeah, you get stuck in a bowl hole, man. Can't get out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the kind of like rabbit holes. That's the trap of the bowl right there. It is. Yeah. We but didn't design it intentionally that way. It just kind of happened. <laughs> yeah, happy accidents, as we call them. Yeah. But we do. You know, we come from, you know, two very different backgrounds. And, you know, there, there is a bit of serendipity um, between us in that um, I used to go to a truck stop in Fife, Washington, which is not terribly far from Gig Harbor where he lived, you know, during the time he lived there and never crossed paths. And I, and I said to him, I said, in all, in all God honesty, if you had, you know, seen me in that truck stop, would you have actually seen me? Yeah. And, and we established no, because we come from two different sides of the track. He is a have, I am a have not. But when it comes to everything else, we are, we are, we are it. He is the yin to my yang. You know, the laurel to my hearty. That's awesome. Well, we're happy for you guys. Yeah. I mean, it's good. It's, it feels good to be like, uh, official. Cause you know, it's like, uh, I don't, I also don't like to, um, talk about people or speculate either. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, mm -hmm. but I see well, what goes on in my chat and I see what people, you know, I, um, yeah. Uh, 
I'm not trying to like assert things or anything, but I've, I'm a pretty good sense of people and can read people pretty quick. And people also are kind of eager to tell you about themselves anyway. So like, even if they're trying to keep it on the low, it still kind of mm-hmm. comes out in a lot of ways. So. Oh no, that's, that's why we did what we did. Mm-hmm. We were, I mean, we were just gaffing and, and the uh, circling back to the thing about uh, Tigger is that, you know, she told me, she's like, you can hear the, the sexual tension between the two of you <laughs> at not, you, you're spending so much time trying not to fuck up and say something that's going to give it away that it's hurting the show. You need to just, just fucking be you. And I'm like, but I don't, you know, we have it planned of how we want to come out. We've had it planned for months. And she was like, well, just stop worrying so much and just be yourself. You don't have to come out and say, hey, you know, Phoenix and Phone Boy are a couple. You can simply fucking just, just you know, just be real. And that's when shit started going more right for us. That's cool. Is when, is when we stopped worrying about it. And actually, it's kind of like, you know, I've said it before, you know, kind of like putting our dick on the table. Yeah. You know, the best way to hide something is put it out in the open. So if we if we make it sound like we're just jerking off when we you know, say certain things, you know, that's just how it is. We're having fun. And we got to a point where we were just like, you know what? If people know, then they know. But we ultimately wanted to be able to do it on, you know, on an episode of Bowls with Buds because we felt it was only fitting for you and Dame DeLorean to be a part of what I consider to be podcast history because anyone who listens to our show and, you know, there are a few of y'all out there, and we do appreciate you. Well, that's sweet. We, that's an we honor. We love you guys. That's an honor. We could, we, yeah. yeah, we do. We, we credit you guys for bringing us together, because if we hadn't been in the bowl, we would have never spoken. And the most amazing love story that we will write a book about um, would never have been penned. That's awesome. Um, and we love you guys. Yes, Absolutely. You guys are great. These are sweethearts, man. It's like so harmonious. Like it makes nothing but sense. It's like uh, you couldn't write a script like that because it's just too perfect. Uh, almost yeah, like would, this. And they wouldn't believe it if we told you anyway. <laughs> exactly right. It yeah, reminds no me. Fucking way, people are gonna. Are it reminds really me of this next caller. It. Just too perfect to even uh, write. Well, in the evening, bowlers, bowlerinas, bowleritos. Good to hear Phoenix there and both you guys. Hell yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. A lot of, uh, a lot of cool talk going on. Cool talk. Yeah, see. That's Next cool. time we see each other in uh, in the real world, the, the world of the real. Oh, yes. Yeah, next time, Spencer and Morgan. Yes. I want to trip acid with you guys. Oh, Ooh, hell yeah. I don't say that to too many people, but you guys. I want to be in on that party. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe it can happen. That'd be so cool. Yeah. Any drugs, really? Let's do drugs. You want to do a bunch of drugs? Let's do drugs. I used to do drugs. Alright. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it. I still Any do drugs, drugs but I used to. None of the drugs? If we do all of the drugs. <laughs> None of the trucks. Anybody any of the trucks. All of the trucks is what the uh, <laughs> <laughs> trucks. 
transcript. Truck, 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 truck. Maybe a little stoned right now. Oh, a little stoned. Yeah. Just a little? Yeah. Phoenix, you know, I'd do acid with you too. Hey, there it is. Shit, yeah. Hey. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Acid, yeah. Just that moon, though. Fucking full moon, man. What is even the moon? What is it? Why is it? How is it? Who is it? Yeah. Well, that's just like. Oh, uh, stick! He hit him with a stick! He hit him with a stick! Get that stick in there, bro. I was waiting for it. Oh, well, cheers, Fletcher. Cheers. Yeah, cheers, man. Cheers. We need to plan another get together, man. It's been too long. Been too long. Yeah. I, I think we need to have a serious like drum circle, except for instead of drums, we bring drugs. <laughs> be a drum, drum <laughs> drugs. circle. <laughs> well, what's the difference? I, every drum circle I ever saw was something like that. Something like. Well, let me tell you, Spencer, you missed the greatest time last night. Phone boy was stoned oh, yeah. like a gravel fucking man. road with a set of the giggles like just a teenager. Just hearing about had me cracking up, man. Like, oh, Matt, you you're gonna have to get a hold of Sir Bemrose yeah. for the behind the scenes bullshit that occurred last night because there were shenanigans. There, there was more than fucking shenanigans. Oh, boy. That's what we love oh. shenanigans. Oh yes, we well, do love a shenanigan. <laughs> God, we love uh, shenanigans, and we definitely love you too. This is such a cool way to uh, announce y'all's situation and y'all's love and everything. Uh, we're running up in, well, we love in you guys. time. Time just flies in the bowl when you're uh, having a great time talking to talking to Phoenix for over Thanks two so hours, much. just cranking it out. That's what I, I love about it, man. The time just flies. I could go so much, for two but, more hours. Oh yeah. Aww. Definitely. Well, maybe uh, we'll have to do it in the future. Yeah, yes, no, no doubt. We'll have to uh, get a hold of you real soon, and uh, we'll talk again. Absolutely. Uh, we'll love it. Bowlers, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for being a part of this uh, special night uh, for Phoenix and Funboy. And definitely check out the Lotus Podcast, lotuspodcast.net. We'll be back at it Tuesday night and every Tuesday night at right around 9 central US time uh, Phoenix thanks so much again for being with us phone boy Thank thanks you. for popping in the end uh, that was very cool I'm, I'm still here very cool <laughs> and uh, we'll see you bowlers next Tuesday till then I'll be Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City I'll be Dame DeLorean and, and I'm you. still Phoenix and I'm phone boy <laughs> oh yeah till token Tuesday may your bowls burn ever brighter That's a dumb place to keep bowls. That's a dumb place to keep bowls. Fuck it, dude. Let's go bold. Bowl after bowl till he's sick. Bowl after bowl.com. Bowl after bowl.com.